All right, y'all, it's spring, and you know what that means. It's time to start planning our summer festival traveling. Yep, it's time to get into my Airbnb bag cross-country, a.k.a. uh, time to visit my homes all across the country. And you know what I never think about? Why not list my own spot on Airbnb and host some folks at my house? I mean, my house is cute. Yes, let's make money while we're spending money. Just trying to help you out, man, because your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Questlove Supreme is a production of iHeartRadio. This classic episode was produced by the team at Pandora. What up, y'all? It's Laia, and this week's QLS Classic takes us back to May 15, 2018, when we sat down with singer, musician, and percussionist Stokely, who speaks on how imitation helped him find his voice, his early days with In Condition, and how everything changed once he signed with Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. This is one for the books, y'all. Enjoy. Suprema, Suprema Roll Call. Suprema, Suprema Roll Call. Suprema, Suprema Roll Call. Suprema, Suprema Roll Call. Yeah. Shank. Yeah. Now, what kind of man would I be? Yeah. If I left this on blank. Roll Call. Suprema, Suprema Roll Call. Fonte, yeah. Y'all know how we go. Yeah. Favorite mint in a loo. Yeah. Asher and Rio. Roll call. Suprema. 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 Roll call. My name is Sugar. Yeah. No need to squint. Yeah. Cause my condition. Yeah. I need a mint. Suprema. Roll call. Suprema. Paid bill, yeah, and I'm telling truths, yeah. When you remodel your bathroom, yeah, no news is good news. I'm a little reluctant, yeah, to make this confession, yeah, but mint condition, yeah, made a bad first impression. Roll call, it's all good now. I love it now. I love y'all. Suprema roll call. It's Laem. Yeah. And it's no surprise. Yeah. My first low grind. Yeah. To pretty brown eyes. Roll call. Suprema. That's the only thing I saw. Suprema roll call. Thank you. Suprema. Suprema roll call. My name is 
Stokely. Yeah. yeah. Some might know me. Yeah. I play a little bit of yeah. Rat a tat tat tee tee. Roll call. <laughs> Suprema, Suprema, roll call. Suprema, Suprema, roll call. Suprema, Suprema, roll call. Suprema, Suprema, roll call. Shots fired. Yeah, we might need to let me oh, spill wait, the wait, talk first. This, this is going to be a good episode. Wait, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, welcome to uh, Quest Love Supreme. Team Supreme, say hello. Hey. hey, 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 hey. Anyway, uh, the God Stokely is here with us. <gasps> yeah, I, that's Praise all I'm going to say. Stokely, your musician's 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 favorite oh, man. singer. I once watched D'Angelo almost get into a argument okay for him like for for him choosing stokely as one of his favorite singers oh man like it was one of them nights where like usually messed up brother any arguments had to near pugilistic levels is always over like (laughs) songs or albums or this album's better than that okay pugilistic but yeah (laughs) it's that's that's when i knew when when he went that hard for that argument then i was like all right let me well i think stokely is definitely worth throwing hands over Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. you (laughs) were ladies and gentlemen (laughs) worth throwing hands over thank Thank you now hit me bill all right, so <laughs> so I was watching Video Soul one day, and Donnie Simpson is hyping up this new group straight out of Minneapolis. How old were you at the time? Twelve. Uh, yeah, yeah about 12. that was. Um, so he's about to throw it to his oh. video. He's like, "Yeah, they're signing Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis's label." I'm all hyped up because you've already said Minneapolis and Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, so I'm on board. So the video for "Are You Free" comes on, <laughs> okay. and I did not like that song. I didn't like the video. But then Pretty Brown Eyes came out, then Forever in Your Eyes, and I realized that y'all <laughs> shit, so that's all good. Yeah, that first but, single like was like, not, yeah. it was, I mean, I liked Are You Free, but it definitely didn't, it didn't represent play. what. Yeah. We still ain't free, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> When's the last time y'all did that in concert? Man, we did the Disneyland grad nights in probably 92. Wow. wow. We've remixed it. Like, oh, I okay. sang it with, like, you know, if I'm out with, like, Glasper or something like that, we just said, let's play, you know, just kind of. A different arrangement. Sing. Yeah, yeah, you know, but. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, man. I know that at least uh, Fire Burgess is losing her mind right now. <laughs> man, so I almost told her. Shout out to Fire Burgess. Shout out to Fire. Yeah. Do you know Fire? Right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> of course it does. She took me to my first Men Condition concert. Wait, yeah. what? Yeah. Okay, play oh, wait, fire? I'm, I'm still okay, thinking like you're 12 yeah, years yeah. old. Not no, like. No, no. <laughs> this was like, what? Living like Luxury Brown whenever the album came out. Okay. 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 Shout out to Fire. Yes. I don't want new Bad for I, I get it. I get it. I see. Sorry, but y'all, y'all good. Y'all good. Y'all, yeah. You know. So, uh, you, okay. I don't want to say the city, but I'm going to say it so I can be two in 99. <laughs> Were you born in St. Paul? Yes. Bam. Two for two. Yeah. Oh, right. Two for 99. <laughs> two for 99. <laughs> From downtown. <laughs> so, um, yeah, my, you know, often, uh, the, I guess the the death of the black band is something that I was hearing a, a lot, especially. I mean, I guess at least between both of our groups, we're coming out in like the three year range. That's one thing I've always heard from journalists and never thought about. Mm. But um, even more, I mean, us being in hip hop was 
not like a saving grace, but you know, that was our marketing. You know, mm-hmm. But you guys were basically the the last, literally the last of the yeah. of the caboose. So, yeah. you know, one why even develop a band, um, knowing well knowing it, that it was endangered species. And- well, we didn't know. I mean, things we were just doing what was in front of us. <clears throat> of course, you know, Brother Prince and all the groups had, at that time that were coming out, you know, everybody was flocking to Minneapolis and we were first getting our deal. We went out to LA and they were like, why are you guys here? It was like, everything's happening back in Minnie. So we um we were just developing and doing what we did, playing, you know, original music. And uh, it just so happened, you know, caught the attention of Jam Lewis. And at that time, you know, bands were on their way out, you know, so vocal artists were in, you know, Joe to see Boys and Men, that kind of thing was um, so, you know, but... I think Jam and Lewis, they kind of knew, you know, them com- coming from a band, they understood what we we're trying to do. So it probably wouldn't have happened otherwise. We would have, you know, would have fell on deaf ears and all that. So, so what, what, what's your childhood uh, like during this period? You were born in like six, 60s, right? Seven, six, seven, yeah. Okay. And um, so, yeah, St. Paul, Minnesota. I grew up um, doing a lot of. Uh, playing percussion, you know, drums, that kind of thing. So my background was more like African <clears throat> drum and dance, that kind of thing. So I was, it was three groups that I was, that was instrumental in my early development there. And I was um, a group called Black Arts Midwest. And that was kind of a, uh, no, I'm sorry. There's a group before that. I had my first gig when I was like four. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I was standing up on, you know, this chair playing congas with this group called Abandengue. My dad was a friend of his mm-hmm. and he was from Panama. Okay. And um, so he took me with him. My dad didn't know whether it's, yeah, it sounds good to me, but I don't know. <laughs> you know what, you know, if it sounds good, I'm, I'm his dad, you know, so. Right. Um, took me with him. You know, he said, he's got good hands kind of thing. So did that. Um, there was another African dance group where we just, we did like African chants. And, you know, um, this was a time where we had a lot of uh, poetry stuff going on you know we were celebrating kwanzaa back then you know before it was way popular you know, <laughs> <laughs> so back, you know. In Saint Paul, yeah 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 we had a little you know it was about ron karinga and that whole thing and um <laughs> so, yeah. you're being as yeah. though you're the first generation xer from the twin cities that we've interviewed from the twin cities everyone else being baby boomers mm. um a lot of their experiences was there was truly no black experience, no black radio, no vibe, no African culture, that sort of thing. So, at what point is there black identity in the in the Twin Cities? It was a small, and who developed it? It was a small uh, community, and mind you, I <clears throat> didn't know any different. I grew up a little different. It's because, and I thought everybody you know, was having the same experience. The same experience. I mean, yeah, right. so I was. Uh, I didn't know for a long time. I was halfway homeschooled, you know, so I go to school, but then like on the weekends and, you know, my dad, would have, he's both of my parents educators, mm-hmm. um, mother's uh, uh, English in every grade, uh, special ed, all that stuff. And mm-hmm. uh, father's a um, prof- professor of African studies, African-American studies. And so I did that for like 30, 35 years at a place called McAllister College in St. Paul. Okay. And um, what were their lessons like? Were they filling in the gaps or filling the gap? Well, <laughs> treat me about you know about African history. Be like you're gonna learn about the Horn today, the left side of Africa here, mm-hmm. and um, you know, um, just all that. You know, it was just really that's where I 
you know, it's like I thought everybody knew that, you know. So until I started getting teased, ah, you learn about Africa. Ah! I was like, well, you know, <laughs> African booty snatch. Yeah. Yeah. You know, right. When you claim yeah. Africa, that's you know. means for a fight. Yeah, yeah exactly. Africa. What? Right. You know? But I, it wasn't so much that I got mad. I was like, I was just confused on, wow, why is that like a thing, you know? But where were your parents born? Um, my dad's from Savannah. My mom's from Fort Dodge, Iowa. Yeah. And they met at Wilberforce in Ohio, college there. Yeah. Okay. And came up to make a better way in uh, St. Paul. You know, I mean, there's a lot of opportunity up in there. So, but so it was, um, you know, a small community of, of, of black folks up there. And, um, you know, that's kind of, that was my uh, tribe, you say. So, I mean, that was my, my um, even still to this day, my extended family. These are people who watched me when my parents couldn't, you know, if I was on the street trying to do, you know, it takes some a village. Dirt. Yeah, you know, that kind of <laughs> yeah, thing, you know. You know no matter how neighbor. great your parents are, it's like the, the streets is strong, man. The streets is, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, um, we were just talking about that earlier. So, I mean, you need a lot of people around you. So, a lot of folks who knew my my family, my pops were like, oh, nah, I ain't messing with that. You should do what you're supposed to do, man, you know, and kind of keep me away from. So, was know. there gang culture in the mid 70s? It was just, when you, you know, had up? the whole pimp thing and, you know, drugs and that that whole thing. You know, in my our house was right. It's one of those spaces where you go two blocks up, you know, you could get into something. So they you knew know. to leave Mr. Williams' kid alone. And something that like that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, that was a kind of vibe. So, so, But it was a small community of, of you know, uh, African-Americans there really into the culture. And this was, too, when, you know, um, everything was, everybody's trying to find the identity. So, you know, father changed his name and a mother, all that kind of thing, just trying to feel closer to the culture, that kind of thing. So that was my... I was surrounded by that. And then I would go out into the world and, you know, you turn on the radio and you hear all these, you know, different things. I'm in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. And then it was flyover country, right? So, yeah. um, you know, that's what it was. So I'm hearing all this uh, pop radio, you know, you know, Crosby, Stills and Nash and, you know, everything. Bob Dylan. Fred. You know, you know, all that. So, so can I can I assume that your your name came from Stokely Carmichael? Yeah. That's why they, okay. Yeah, Stokely Mandela. So he wanted to. Oh, yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Now, who's blacker than black, black, black? Stokely. Blacker than black, black. Yeah. So, were any of your parents musicians? Like, how did. He played nothing but the radio. You know, my mom liked to dance and sing and everything. I should probably get my energy from both of them. Um, they love music, you know. Um, yeah, you know, dad loved to play me. He's a big jazz head, so you know if he wasn't listening to Malcolm X or you know <laughs> Martin Luther King records, he'd be you know he'd have some Richard Pryor records too, just a little bit of everything, jazz records. So, so was, he would play like the speech records. Oh yeah, I'd be hearing him in the house. I'd come in, it's like playing that dang record again, you know. And um, damn, so y'all could have been a Tribe Hall Quest, like or, or <laughs> right, right, right. X Clan at least, <laughs> right, that sort of thing. Van Glorious. <laughs> right, right. Did you have siblings? Yeah, older brother and younger sister. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And um, yeah, so that was, uh, he was playing a lot of stuff in the house. It was it was a musical house. There was always music going all the time. Do, you, yeah. do your siblings play, play anything or do they sing? No, my sister played flute. She tried singing in church, but she wasn't tried. You? Yeah. It was. <laughs> Were you like, always, like, when did you first start singing? Like, you know, it was one of those things where singing happened for me, yeah. Drums was you were my drummer thing. first, I was drum, okay. yeah. So, but then the singing thing, I would always, you know, we, you know, any kid has a family, you put on your little plays for your family, and that kind of thing. So, 
I was into mocking any and everything. You know, anything I would hear, you know, my parents, you know, we'd put on the floor. That's how Uncle Jim sound. He was coming in with his, you know, little flask. And, eh, blah, 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 you know, always oh, mocking. Oh, you, you know. Okay. <clears throat> and so uh, it would be the same with music. And But the time I heard Al Green, mm-hmm. that's what did it for me. It. it was like 15 people in one. I was like, ah, ah. I mean, all these different voices. I'm like, wow, who's this dude? So you took you know, on his... His inflections. All, all, yeah, it was just amazing to hear that. So Even as a youngster? Yeah, but I didn't, man, I didn't know what I was doing. I just like doing it. I just thought it was fun and, you know. Right. Uh, but singing was one of those things, actually, um, when I got to high school, basically, is we had kind of like a, uh, it was a performing arts school, and it was um, called a magnet arts program. But we had like, uh, we had a, there was a recording studio there. Uh, that's where I learned steel pan. I had an acting class in there and different things like that. So I was involved in that. But taking the uh, recording class, um, I was, there was two classes. One where they paired you with other musicians and it'd be like, okay, you play funk and you're gonna, we're going to pair you with somebody that plays rock and roll, something okay. like that. So just to get a Kinda different. make you uncomfortable. Oh. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you know, that whole thing. And then there was the technical aspect where you actually learn how to record. I wanted to take that class. So I can learn how to press knobs and learn the technical aspect of it so I could do my own stuff. And so when I did that, it was a little Tascam, you know, 244, whatever it was, you know, four track, and a little uh, 808, mm-hmm. and a little uh, JX3P. And I go in there and make up little songs. And at this time, you'd hear all the Prince inspired stuff. And so I wasn't. Uh, High school for you was like 82, 83? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so um, I go and make these little songs up. And I was you know, shy to sing. I wouldn't wouldn't want anybody to hear me. So I was singing in my falsetto, Prince-esque kind of, you know. <laughs> and the door was right there. So anytime I'd be like, <laughs> Is someone coming in? I'd be like, stop, and stop everything. That's called then the I'd vivid quieter. video door. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> vivid video door, look out. <laughs> Mama! <laughs> in that, you know, um, and I would play him at the person who really um, heard the stuff. I, I would play it for Home Rodell, the guitar player for Mint. Okay. And he'd be like, man, this sounds really good. You know, just the way you're putting the songs together, the arrangements and stuff, you know. And it'd be like 10 minutes long, of course, you know. <laughs> and, um, but I think that's what helped me to develop just here because I felt like I was meeting myself for the first time, you know, stacking vocals and that kind of thing. Now, before uh, the onslaught of the first wave of, of- Black Minneapolis, say seventy-eight to eighty-four. Um, was there any presence of any of those guys in your life uh, pre then? Like, was was Grand Central playing like the local church down the block? And okay, did you know any of the the all stars of Minnesota? Yeah. Now, so there was some stuff told me because I forgotten it, and I was younger, and there were a lot of people who filled in the blanks for me because I was so young. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> the second group was called Black Arts Midwest Drummers. It was like, like I said, we did African chants and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And um, so I remember there was this place in Minneapolis, I think it was Sabathony Center, and they used to throw like local dances and things like that. And I remember we were um, either on before Grand Central, either opening or we were rehearsing there and they were getting ready to play. Um, either way, and this was told to me not too long ago actually, and by a couple of people mm-hmm. so I was like the first one I didn't believe I was like all right okay but I do remember a couple of things one was 
I remember Prince was there. This was a group. I remember this the Afro mm-hmm. Hatman. And um so and I remember somebody screaming out, you know, I was playing Congress and you know, some couple people filled in that story it was like it was Prince saying, Go little brother, go play. I was like, Wow, <laughs> wow. Wow, really? So that's funny. How had, old were you at the time? I was about nine ten. Nine. Nine or ten, yeah. Somewhere around there. Wow. Yeah. The Minnesota uh, music scene, I know that it's it's you know it's heavily populated. So I mean, in high school, were any of like the the Peterson family clan or like was anyone uh, in high school at the time when you were in school? I I didn't I wasn't aware of the Petersons in only only when I got older, but I'm sure they were around, you know, doing a thing, developing too. So um, I didn't know a lot. Of people, I just knew my own little circle, you okay. know, and then the people that were local, like Grand Central and Enterprise, and you know, Mark Brown's band, and you know. Um, so, Alexander. did any of their albums make an impression on you at the time? Like, oh yeah, when you saw the time, was it like, yo, we got to... <laughs> I mean, that was been how Purple Rain went. It was pretty much like that because when we were coming through, even with Mint, <clears throat> we would have, uh, you know, it was kind of like this competition. You know, it was a group I think it was called Peachtree, and there's a bunch of different bands around that time. And I remember we would always borrow equipment, and uh, we had this one show, or always a few shows, one show in particular I remember. We had like, we, like so we were borrowing equipment, like each Jeff had one keyboard he's borrowing, Larry had one keyboard he's borrowing. And um, yeah, it was, it's, they would be like, oh man, uh, what, what y'all MIDI? And this was like when MIDI was like a big, you know, mm-hmm. it was coming out, so it'd been out a few years, but, but y'all stacking up on it. Now we only got this one keyboard, like, uh, oh, okay, y'all, y'all, you don't really would give up your secret. Not, like, no, we only got one keyboard, dude. That's all we got. Uh, they didn't you know many stacks. No, what we did do was going in, you know, and just work it as best we can. We would know every nook and cranny about that keyboard or whatever, you know. That's all we had. But they thought we was just, you know. But it was really. What were y'all using, like Oberheim's or? Uh, we had a, uh, it was a Roland Juno 1 was one of them. Oh, Juno. Juno 1, yeah. <laughs> Still use that. You know, yeah. absolutely. And uh, it was a JX3P and a DX7. Yeah, what was that? The cheesy DX7. Yeah, you know, so much. So that much. Seinfeld bass. Face yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they don't. So much. Yeah. yeah. So how did the other guys enter your life? Were you all in high school together? High or? school. So yeah, St. Paul Central was a high school there, and we all went there at different times. Larry's first to come out, and then it was um, me and Odell, and then Jeff, and then Carrie. Uh, Rick came up. He's from Chicago, uh, bass player, and he uh, came up about what was it nineteen eighty three or something like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, but we didn't. I didn't meet him till like eighty six, <clears throat> eighty six, something like yeah. I think about eighty six. And uh, you've seen him in bands. We had all these little leather pants and you know leopard and whatnot. We always tease. <laughs> like, I was going to say, look. yeah, yeah. You know. Well, okay. So Maserati once told a story of how, like, you know, uh, how competition was was just Steve amongst black bands back then, and who was going to outdo each other, or out right. shock somebody, or whatever. Right. But I mean, was that almost expected at, at the time? Because I would assume that you know, nineteen twenty, whatever. I mean, it was eighty seven. So mm-hmm. Prince was really Prince by then. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So was there? A need to feel okay. We have to follow that. Like what Jesse Johnson and those guys look like, and what Maserati and those guys look like. And 
I think the whole country at that point was just like, you know, that was the face. You just had to make an impression, make an impact. And um, that was that. But, you know, also not only that, we were just heavy, trying to be really heavy on the music and have substance at the same time, you know. With, you know, we were a group that we didn't really do covers. So our shows were limited to certain, you know, like events. We didn't really do. How long were your shows if you didn't do covers? Damn, we were probably only doing 30 minutes. We were doing showcases. Well, unless we were doing less somebody with, you know, somebody's mom. Said, well, we can play down at the such and such, yeah. you know. That but kind that of 30 thing. minutes was y'all's own material. It was not, you know, we weren't interested in anything else. It was, you know. That's rare. But, yeah, I know. Because I know it's that established accent. Me. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and we would try to do, you know, had segues and everything. Because I was like, you know, let's do it like, you know, JB. Or we would see all the groups that were there at that time. It was like. That's cheating. They would play, you know, original music. It's like, why, why, yeah, why not? And then, you know. So, I mean, you're like the nerve of these. Who are these dudes? The nerve of you. To you know, be trying to hit segues and but you know it worked because we had we would do these showcases and that's how it got discovered. You know, um, when we were at First Avenue, um, we invited um, Jamal Lewis. I think at the time there was a rep from MCA there. Mm -hmm. uh, Prince had uh, Levi come down. He said, I, "I'd rather see them than hear them." And so he <laughs> sent him down. He said, "Videotape him," and um, so he did. And then after that show, I think it was just um, Jam and Lewis would always say, "Man, we, we you know signed you all for your live performance, you know, because that was the strongest. That's what we really, really worked on. We had demos and everything, so it does as well. But that's the thing that really did it. What was the practice regiment like? We got it in. It was like you know after school, it'd be pretty much all day. And at that time, I was um, where would you practice like? A we had like or a warehouse or yeah, it was like warehouses. You know all those warehouses you see in purple and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, it was exactly that. And how are yeah. you balancing the studying on the weekends and school? And well, um, let's see. So like your parents. Okay, let me back up. So a lot, every group I've ever been in is like been at my parents' house. So in the basement, there's a lot of groups. So that was first. So after I actually. After I graduated, then we started, you know, I was working jobs, odd jobs, that kind of thing. Then we did the warehouse thing, and it got more serious there. And then from there, if we weren't working, we was like, be like all weekend, be like 12 hours if we get in there and just hit it. And your parents were supportive because I don't know if that's what they saw for you. Yeah, well, they wanted they wanted school, of course. And I was like, <laughs> I decided uh, that, uh, I don't know, there's something, there's something in me. I just, I'm going to take a break on that, you know, and I, I just felt something. And, you know, my dad was always like, man, my worst nightmare is like you being a $50, you know, a night making musician. You know, it's like, no, I don't see that. You know, so I just kind of went for I just said I'm going to try as hard as I can to really do what I can do. You know, so, you know, I think the practice thing, that's why I would just kind of work so hard. You know, and a lot of us do that, have that drive, whatever it is that drives us. You know, I know you all of us here work hard just trying to get our 10,000 hours plus in, you know. Right. And, um. So how did you get over your shyness into really developing your voice? Because, I mean, I know everyone's like, oh, yeah, that's my natural voice. But you have a fucking spot on skilled ass voice. So how do you, you had to do some, you had to get out of that shyness eventually. I think part of it was theater. There's a small theater company. Uh, we're not so small. Like, there's a small, big company called Penumbra. I was in a production there, and I think that experience opened me up to, would open me up, you okay. know, just to kind of not, to get beyond that, 
you know, I think also performing too is one thing because there's a lot of shy musicians. And you, pro- you know what I mean? You, there's one thing you didn't mention. Hmm. Did you not have a church experience at all? Yeah, I because most yeah, black musicians I have know. to. I didn't sing in church. Aha. I played. Okay. Wow. Like the midnight musicals and stuff. So I was always. Now church definitely has a, has a big effect because uh, I just knew. Every time I went there, I felt like crying. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Brings all that emotion. I was like, why am I crying? I'm like, <laughs> but uh, it was always crying in church. That's what it is. The spiritual is something gets in you, and I just all the the bending of the notes and all that kind of thing. And, you know, just it's just an amazing experience. So I was playing percussion, you know, um, some drums, and but just really listening and taking it all in, I think. Um, but I didn't sing in any choir. What, when did you get your first drum set? Was it a Christmas experience? Like, yeah. Yes, it was. Yo, how are we? <laughs> Sears and Roebuck. That's right. <laughs> Sears, yeah. And uh, it was, I was nine, and I heard them stumbling. I was asleep trying to, you know, my dad and my brother, you know, trying to set it up. You know, trying to set it up. That's the greatest feeling in the world, I know, and I heard them, I was like, is that it? Is this it? This might be it. You know, I heard them enough. So you don't have to interview me because this month every, every drummer gets their first drum set. You Man, just know, like, everything. yo, no I can't eat red sparkle, but it was, they had some of the wrong pieces, so they had to take it back. Oh, yeah, damn. I had the silver sparkle, so I still got it, yeah. You still yeah. have that set? I still got it, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's that feeling, man. Was like, I know you'll never. There's never a feeling of coming downstairs Christmas morning seeing your brand new drum set. Yeah, that, that's everything. Uh, mm-hmm. Yours came from Sears and Roebuck. Yeah, mine mine came from a, a, my dad's drummer's bad drug habit. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Wait, I get Herman's drums. <laughs> yeah, it's yours now. Yo, what's up? This is Fonte, Fontigolo from Team Supreme. Black representation in media is very important to me. I think it's important to have our stories told by people who look like us and who have shared in our common experiences. Some of my earliest influences were Donnie Simpson. Uh, I would also say Tom Joyner, Angela Stribling, uh, Sherry Carter. They were just people who told our stories with a lot of class and dignity and were big inspirations to me. The next generation of influential black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective. From Bobby Schmurder to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcast, The Center Black Voices. It's NPR Noir. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get podcasts. All right, y'all. You know what season it is. Tis the season for spring breaking and planning our summer travel. And if you're like me, you're already in your Airbnb app trying to find which spot is right for you. Now, listen, while I'm looking to spend all this money, what I'm not doing is thinking about making money with Airbnb. See, you got to change your mind state. Make the money while you're spending the money. How, you say, Laia, do I make the money? Well, you host at your house. 
And I know what you're thinking. I mean, my whole house? Uh, well, no, you don't have to do your whole house. I mean, you could do a room or, you know, do the whole house. So make some money while you're spending some money this summer. I'm trying to tell you, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Who were your drumming idols at the time? Uh, I was in Art Blakey, Max Roach. So you were in the jazz drumming? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, those two were... Um, were it, you know, just because I, I, at the time I had a couple of, I was both formally and informally taught. So a lot of ear training, but I had some, you know, piano, a little piano and uh, drum training. And they were like, look, man, if you can hit jazz, you got everything. You learn how to read a little bit, but really if you got all those skills, four-way coordination, all those books, you know, stick control, you know, all that stuff. Um, stick control. Yeah. You know. Syncopation. Room yeah, you know, you know, like, yeah. 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 I still have those books. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Um, so if you... When you were young, are you imagining yourself as more like, were you trying to pursue jazz or was R&B looked down upon? Because I know a lot of serious jazz musicians that like, you know, every jazz musician yeah. looks down on pop music yeah, and, yeah, yeah. you know. And I was, I think I was right in between it. I could, um, I could, at the time I could definitely um, respect you know, the whole pop music. I, I I liked a lot of it. You know what I mean? So I could see where all that stuff fit in. There's a lot of fusion stuff that I loved, started listening to. I was like, man, this is, you know, Return to Forever and all that stuff. I was like, all that stuff was in there. I was like, wow, this is crazy. You know, they're actually fitting it in there. But, um, yeah, so I liked it. You know, I was just kind of, I felt like it, I felt like a hybrid. Who you know who I mean? would put you onto that stuff, though? Like was it an older cousin or that like just people around you know as you know because I was always the youngest musician in any group I was playing in and um you know it's like you know this return to forever or this uh you know Mike Stern or whatever and as a guy you know it was just people put me on you know certain things like then you, you study know. it and yeah you know what I mean yeah so uh what year is it around the time you guys were serious about pursuing a record deal like a demo or it was signing to Paisley Park or whatever. Like eighty eight, eighty nine. Was what happened was, um, you know, after high school, I was like, okay, I'm gonna work and I'm going, you know, try to do this thing as hard as I can. At at the time, uh, it was probably one time where I was in, I don't know, like twelve bands at one time. It was just so we just working, gigging, you know, you know, Michael Bland was actually he was actually in Mint. He's on the first draft of the contract. Michael Bland, drummer, used to play with um, Prince. You know yeah. that song. Mm-hmm. He um, it was right at the time Prince was was uh, breaking, and we were right at the time we were about to sign. You know, so obviously with Prince and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. But between me and Mike, we had like it seemed like we had all the gigs in time. We was like, man, we just need to call ourselves the Drum Holes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> how did how did work go? Because I know that a lot of the initial MPG um, musicians mm-hmm. were local Minneapolis, like the the coat. What was I? 
Dr. Mambo's combo? Yeah, yeah. like from. Yeah. So, I yeah. mean, could there have been a chance that you could have had that gig or like was how, how the word of audition? Probably. He would just go down there and jam and hit, you know, and they'd be killing it, you know, of course. So, so what's the nightclub that. The, the the central nightclub that all the bad musicians would be that at. was it bunkers yep that was it at the time everybody would go down there they'd hit their 70s and 80s review kind of thing and um everybody would come down you know and they would you know after their gig whatever they're playing you know whether it be xl center or you know target center they'd come down you know bunkers would it. stay over later than normal yeah, and- yeah like one sometimes i think it'd be two o'clock at at some point but um yeah, they would come down and jam, but he you know, found out about it, and there's like this group down there, and Margaret Cox and all these great you know people from Twin Cities, amazing, amazing. So um, yeah, he just kind of come down there and you know jam, and of course it'll be packed within ten minutes with people knowing that he's there. So, oh okay, yeah, that whole thing. So it wasn't like he was trying, well, that he could blend in with. I mean, people. Because he was no, still think, Prince, like. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, if people knew who he was, it's like I think he liked coming there too, just because he had a little corner. Nobody would really bother him. They would want to, but they like, can't get to him. You know, right? They're not really saying anything. Somebody might say something crazy, and he'd be like, <laughs> you, know, I, you know. What keeps when? Okay, so I know that uh, in most cases that I've seen. I can tell when musicians are showing off when someone else is there. Like, okay, this might be my my big chance to flex. And what what keeps? I would imagine in that environment, if he's there a lot, that everyone's just trying to go for broken show with chops they have and forget that you're a unit. And right, it depends. People who don't know how to be cohesive when tr- you got those people and it's like of course he's like next you know and then you have the people like look stay in the fold stay in your lane and make all this shit sound good you know what I mean that's that's everything okay. you know when you're playing with an ensemble so some people would be aware of that and other musicians would be like eh, you know and just go for it and then you know he would be like uh, cause uh, there, there's a jam session here in uh Village Underground? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Village Underground. Actually, yeah. I mean, like, Prince and Larry would go there a lot, and it's almost mm. like the same thing. It's like these mode of musicians that were like just everybody's overplaying. Like, from 100, they're all on 500. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that used to always just turn me yeah. off about jam sessions because it's like they're not, you know, jamming with each other. Right. They're trying to, like, uh, make an impression on whoever the celebrity is, like, right. in the audience. So, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, he so, was more about, you know, staying in pocket, you know, and that kind of thing. He, he would once say about keyboard players, like, I'm more interested in their timing, you know, mm-hmm. um, than probably passing chords and that kind of thing. So so how many labels uh, offered you guys deals before you chose uh, Perspective? Um, maybe three or four. I think MCA was in there. Of course, A&M was in there. Um, might have been some silly offer with Columbia, but. <laughs> yeah. And you guys were always mint condition. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We uh, as I was saying uh, before, so after uh, I'd say about we formed in 1986, and yeah, that was that was for, we had the first anybody's been to the Mall of America. Yeah. 
Yeah, Mall of America. Got lost there, yes. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, there was a place called the Carlton Celebrity Room there, and they used to have this thing called a Black Arts, uh, the Black um, uh, Minnesota Black Music Awards, and this guy named Pete and Kim Rhodes would run it. And they would have, that would be the spot. You'd have the Minnesota Music Awards, more of the pop stuff, but then you'd have Black Music Awards, you know, Jesse, Maserati, everybody, all the acts mm-hmm. and everything. So that's where we first kind of... Uh, cut our teeth right there and that's right Carlton Celebrity Room was right where the Mall of America is now and um, so that's that's where it happened 1986 we had these crazy ass outfits on with one leg mesh out and one was like leather and, you know, where our back was turned to the audience is when the curtain came up like what you know we turned around and we just yeah crazy we had fringes <laughs> flying and yeah we didn't wear no drawers and it was just crazy was, <laughs> and like we look back at now I'm like what you guys still have a recording of, of the stuff that you guys did back then yeah yeah it looks will yeah. it ever be Curl oh yeah some of it's in yeah, the uh, the unsung yeah. some of it yeah yeah it is yeah yeah, yeah. yeah it is yeah. yeah sure is yeah yeah because how much time in between 86 and the song that bill hates five years Five years. Just yeah. Like, okay. yeah. Okay. And then from there, I guess what happened was um why do you have to say it like that? I just needed a quick <laughs> reference. <laughs> <laughs> from there, so from eighty six, you know, I was still playing around with drums and everything and I got offered this um this guy named George Pettis. It was he was doing this. George tour. Pettis. George Pettis, yeah. This yep. is my life. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Wait, well, he's from Minnesota? No, but he moved there again. Everybody was flocking. Oh, there. trying yeah. to okay, you know. And he had a deal with MCA, and he yeah. was going on tour, opening for Whitney, and uh, opportunity to go out with him. And we were that's how I met her. She was up out in Europe for like three months. Going what every years is print. this? Was like eighty seven, eighty eight. Her yeah. second moment of truth for the for the second album. I think it was second album. Yeah, I believe it's okay. second album. Yeah, okay, and um. So I kind of had to put the mint thing on on hold. That's what we whenever we were doing, and um, but that was a great experience because you know all those people I met and I just kind of got to see it you know up close for about three something odd months you know over in Europe doing that and came back and you know we um, just started grinding man. Yeah. When uh, what was it that made y'all sign the perspective rather than the other labels that was out on y'all? Oh, y'all, for were, sure. y'all, y'all were the first act. On the label, correct? No, I think Loki like was. It was, it was Loki Sound, Sound, Sound Blacks are Loki, or Loki, I think. You're the one, yeah. Are Loki um, also from the Twin Cities? They're from Kansas City. Okay. okay. But they, they moved up again. Everybody's moving up there. And um, we used to rehear- have the same rehearsal spot. You want to know Loki? No, it's like, what's that? What was their hit? I, was, I, I got a thing for you. Oh, I got a thing for you. Amazing. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, yeah, I think, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Sorry, like it's coming. Yo, so I just wanted to ask you: Have you had your your journey is kind of parallel in some ways with Sheila E's? Mm. So I was just curious if you guys have ever talked about that, especially in the drummer sense, turning to the artist and the, the African mm. roots and whatnot. We haven't talked much about. It. We've played together a little bit, you know. We she, she's African. No, but her okay, music no, is deeply sure. rooted in <laughs> African, most Latin. All right. Okay. Um, when Glenn... <laughs> <laughs> I won't start it. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. No, she Lee. 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 East Africa. East Africa. <laughs> 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 he just slid. Am I wrong, Stokely? 
Yeah, yeah. 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 Some kinship just because of them being from the time, and you know, after the First Avenue showcase, um, I remember walking to my car. You know, I seen both of them. It's like, hey, still great job, man. We'll, wow. we'll talk. At that time, I had seen enough and of people, you know, artists around town. They were like, you know, we're gonna do this, and nothing happened. So I was kind of like, eh, grain of salt. If it happens, great. I was like, yeah, great. Sounds great. Thanks, man, for coming. Really, so, you know. <laughs> Because we, I, I definitely appreciate it. It came out, so that was a big deal. But I didn't really, I didn't know if anything was really gonna happen. You know, this is Jam and Lewis. You know, Johnny Jackson, all these people. You know, so um, two weeks later, we we're sitting up in the flight time office. You know, they're like, "What do y'all want to do?" We're like, "We want to make a record, but we want to produce our own shit." You know what I mean? Yeah, I was gonna say, but they were so red hot at the moment. Yeah, yeah. and they're like, "Well, you can." It's, I, well, we said, "Well, we want to do at least half the album." He was like, well, hell, y'all can do the whole thing. It's good. We were like, okay. Okay. Wow. So, I mean, that was, yeah. you know, I don't think we would have gotten that, you know, at any other label. Was, nah, you know what I mean? Nah. That is, you know, it's like, yeah. And then if know. they would have produced y'all, y'all would have just sounded just like any right. other R&B. Right. Yeah. Y'all would have been 4.0. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Basically, yeah. So, yeah, that was that's pretty much, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, man. So, when y'all went into recording the first record, because we talked about, are you free? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we do. Yeah, how do we feel about Are You Free? And <laughs> we, no, I like Are You like Free. I like Are You Free. I just didn't. I've grown to love it. I've grown to love it. It was just one of those records where it was like, it came out and then it was, then when I heard, you know, the ballads and all the other stuff on the record, I was like, man, why did they come with that first? Like, so what was the, what was the thought of Well, I guess here's the thing about, man, you know, just happened like this. We, weren't really uh we became i guess really good at doing ballads after we came out but we didn't all that stuff was all like up tempo we like wow. to dance and you know all that kind of stuff and you know i used to be boy and all stuff so i was always energetic so i was like i was like why are we going slow like that what you know i was going to say for for a band that's with such skilled musicianship or whatever was it frustrating that the songs that were really hitting bullseye with with the audience were the slow songs where you guys really couldn't it's, flex that much on the fast joints. Yeah, I mean it was it was at first it was like man this is you know we didn't really understand why we couldn't you know, we just learned in the industry it was like and say look man you better take you know if it's hitting you got to flow with it you know mm-hmm. um, but we had to learn that a little bit later um, so that's why in the live show we said okay we just do what we do but yeah it was a little little frustrating at first because it's like we tried. You know, people would want to hear what they want to hear, you know, and be like, man, we can't even, you know, we can't get do what we want to do. So it was kind of, it was a little weird at first. We had to learn where, how to fit inside of that, you know. How did you guys learn to, like, agree? Like, was there, like, a, a mint, like, voting system on all things? Like, how did y'all... With six people, is anything ever democratic? Yeah, like, like what I don't... three to does, three? Like, from songs to, like, con- like, I don't... It's yeah. It's, it's it's yeah. It's democratic. It's it, it, yeah, definitely democratic, and that's that can be frustrating too. You know, yeah. Being so, as though you still have a relationship with them, yeah. I'm just saying. Like, what is? I mean, I can safely say that even in the root situation, it's like there's one, three, four. 
Right. Uh, that seems really good. I'm the well, no, really. I forgot to read. Damn, that's bad. No, you know what? Because Tariq just gets the final say. He gets the final say in a way that I don't. His mm. final say is I can't write to this. I'm about to say, yeah, he can't mm. rap over. If he yeah. can't write to this, my mm. you know, it doesn't make sense. Mm. My so only power you, my only power is like, oh well, I can't come in the studio, so I'm working on this project. Yeah. So mm. But I'm just saying that there's clicks, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so is it. But yours is a more uneven balance than than Stokely's. It but feels is it you like. and Waddell? Like, who, who? What's the balance of power? Yeah. What's Slytherin Gryffindor? It, it, <laughs> did y'all have a Slytherin? Because you know the roots do. They have different buses. Slytherin. Gryffindor. No, we had one bus. Y'all on the no, same bus, but, and y'all yeah. stayed together this whole time. Yeah. Oh, we've we've, we've we've had some healthy debates, yeah. Oh, I know you did. <laughs> healthy debates. Healthy. Yeah. Yo, you got... You, um, shit. Yeah, I mean, we used to go. Oh, yeah. yeah I, I know. know. <laughs> I believe that. I, I know. Well, For those who didn't see that, those... <laughs> yeah, there was some... It's going to <laughs> snags, going to fist the cuffs. But somebody had to be well, the, in the be- maker. It was, it was in the good. beginning, cool. like, in the beginning, how do you... But you've known each other since high school. Yeah. So you should already know the personalities. You know mm. who's going to be on CP time. Right, yeah. You know whose girl Sam had. You should be... Yeah, right. And, <laughs> you know, fighting over this girl and that girl. Why are you cock blocking? Whatever. Like, mm. how do you... Who are you? Are you guys it's friends? Not, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm kind of like the cleanup guy, cleanup guy utility. A uh, little bit. <laughs> whatever the holes need filling, you know... Um, yeah, and which is great for me because it's it's been like a university truth for me. I mean, it's to you know I think I can write in the spirit of everybody because you know everybody's a writer and producer in their own right. So a lot of these songs, um, they were like, okay, we're going to produce the vocal this way. So I've been that vessel for them. You know what I mean? So I feel like that's. An added advantage I have, so I can, you know, kind of however, whatever they were thinking. You know, I want this. It's not something I would do, you know. But I was like, okay, wow. So I had to learn that and be patient. And um, so, yeah, the patience for me had to come in, kick in hard. But so, what's the it, division of labor amongst the the band members? Um, Who organizes true. rehearsals? Who organizes? I would say that um, everybody comes with grooves. First of all, like Odell, he's like the the, the guitar player, the funk master, mm-hmm. you know, uh, P funk, rock and roll. Um, Rick is like the uh, kind of same funk, rock and roll, with really good rock and roll edge. Uh, writes from a lot of narrative standpoint, you know, stuff that happens to him, that kind of thing. Uh, uh, Larry's more um, calculated, you know. His thing is he's a perfectionist. Um, incredible keyboard player mm-hmm. and great songwriter. Um, so he's kind of all over in that area. Uh, Jeff is kind of like, he's got a lot of uh, bridges, really interesting chord changes and things like that. It's got interesting uh, thoughts, you know, as far as songwriting as well. I'm kind of like, um, I like to arrange. Uh, beats is my, the funny thing is like my, I love like rhythm beats you know say like that's just first before the singing and all that so it's um yeah, i'm just kind of like you know whatever holes need filling you know that's best way i can explain it i guess and how do you um, know when a song is 
done and going to make it to the album? Are you guys a let's do thirty songs and have a vote on the best? Yeah. And then how do you campaign your song? And that's where the problem, yeah. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Okay, so what's it in popular? Some stuff is just unanimous. You're like, okay, this is definitely gone. You got some stuff that, because it's like, okay, we got to let other people besides us listen, the feel. And so that's good and bad sometimes, because then, you know, depending on who, who's uh, people, you know. See, but isn't it good to have a producer for that? Because I see a producer more as a referee. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Yep. And mm-hmm. for that reason, yeah, definitely would, it would be good. But we were our own referee sometimes, so that, not, yeah, not, not. Do you good. recommend yeah. that for future practice? I mean, 20 years later, like, do you? It depends. Now, I mean, I think if you have an outside ear, after what, you know, we started getting that a little bit more than not. So, because we knew that we needed that, it's like okay, we can't just be you know insulated like that. It's got to be other people that realize, you know, let's get some you know people. I would always say you know people, some friends and friends who I don't know. So they're out of it. They don't have any. Yeah, no you dog in fight either. Yeah, way. you know what I mean. Can so, you um, can you name a mint classic mm-hmm. that either you felt indifferent about or didn't like that wound up winning? Versus or like them saying they didn't like I don't like Pretty Brown Eyes. So, mm. I think the, the, all of the hits um, were pretty unanimous. Where where it was really jacked up is like the people at the company, like stuff like So Fine, mm-hmm. like pretty much all the hits. So like when we first got the deal, it's like when you know when MCA heard it, like now nah, if that would have been on the demo, it was, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, Swinging, it's like, ah, oh, it's okay. Really? Wow. Okay, a lot of these, you know. Um, so, I mean, it was it was kind of like that. People that, at the label that would hear is like, you know, I mean, we did uh, so, turn it so fine. They were like, when have you heard a guitar solo? Nobody does guitar solos. I was like, wow. Really? That's all the more reason for us to do it. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, and you're in Ernie Isley, and, you know, these are great people. So, um, yeah, it was more so the people at the labels. I think, like, as far as the hits, we um, we knew you know, Jam and Lewis, we def- they would be like, okay. If you talk about outside ear, they would definitely be like, okay, look, y'all need to think about this one or, you know, or uh, not do so many chords on this, you know, that kind of thing. So, you know, which was definitely, um, we learned a lot from them. I mean, absolutely. They know exactly they had that magic. All right, y'all. You know what season it is. Tis the season for spring breaking and planning our summer travel. And if you're like me, you're already in your Airbnb app trying to find which spot is right for you. Now, listen, while I'm looking to spend all this money, what I'm not doing is thinking about making money with Airbnb. See, you got to change your mind state. Make the money while you're spending the money. How, you say, Laia, do I make the money? Well, you host at your house. And I know what you're thinking. I mean, my whole house? Uh, Well, no, you don't have to do your whole house. I mean, you could do a room or, you know, do the whole house. So make some money while you're spending some money this summer. I'm trying to tell you, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. 
So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. First album is what? Mint and Beatment? Yeah. So the beginning of that, what were your, or you guys' personal goals? I mean, I know everyone's like, world domination. But... For you, was it just like, yo, we want to be like the best black band ever? Or was it like, yo, we want to be on that pop level shit? Or I think it was, you know, we just had joy and craft, man, just creating. I think part of our thing was just we didn't really care about anything else but the music. We just wanted to be tight and funky and just have an impact. And I think that's partly why, like the show, was what it was. We worked so hard on that, and then we learned as we went in the studio. I was discovering my voice. Like, if you listen to the first album, like to the last couple, you can list all the vocals are very tight, arranging everything, is singing, <laughs> you know, the waveforms are really, really tight. And then I got, I'm like, you know, you got to let some life in here and, you know, breathe. I think that's just that first time, you know, doing a CD, you're excited and everything. Everybody's on edge because you want it to be perfect. And, yeah. Well, I'm just asking because the early 90s also, you know, there's a lot of, black artists that had like breakout records and mm-hmm. suddenly they're selling in the five and six and seven millions. Mm-hmm. So I know that's hard to ignore, but were you guys a, we're going to stay in our lane and we know that like a cat like Prince rejected soul train four times because right. I don't want to be pegged as a right. soul artist. Right. I want bandstand right. and solid. Yeah. Like, so were you guys fine with like, okay, being BET, staples and not i mean eventually you guys made it on like mtv jams and that sort of thing but yeah i mean you gotta understand though too i mean you know it was being a band some of our exposure was limited just because it was hard to move a band you know and we got to we even had a thing uh, with jam lewis at one point because it's like you know the first few gigs you're like look we got to get y'all out here you know because at one point they were doing out of their pocket because A&M, they had a joint venture with them. They don't believe, Without they don't get it. They don't know. Right. So you, we got to get y'all out here because, you know, are you free? Wasn't free, as you say, you know. So we, <laughs> and, you know, it was going on charge. So um, we got to get y'all out here. So they would have us doing these track shows, you know. Wow. Yeah. How do you, huh? And so what we did, okay, we got to do that. We're going to go back and remix everything. And that's when the whole... Um, you know, Teddy Riley, the whole, now his whole sound was really prominent then. And so everybody was dancing, and, you know, we had a lot of choreography back then. And uh, so we so had our instrument. boy band on some of these gigs? Yeah, pretty, yeah, yeah, pretty much, <laughs> but with the instruments. And uh, we were doing that until we got to Houston. And after the show, 
we were um, getting into the van. I heard some dude man, fucking computers. Motherfuckers ain't even playing. I was like, oh shit, that's it. That's wow, that's it. Like we we got to it defeats our whole purpose. We're supposed to be a band. It's like, nah, man. You Damn, know, so. that one heckler. Yeah, that one. Yeah, thank you, heckler. Thank yeah. you. But nah, because she's yeah. telling the truth. It yeah, it was rough. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah real. for real. Yeah. And it hit me. I was like, man, that's he's right. You know, it just felt like I was. You know, I would my mic would be on, but. Yeah, it was just like it did. It wasn't Reno. Life is life, man. You couldn't right. extend nothing. It's like the track is the track, and that's it. You know. Speaking of Houston, hmm. Hmm. the world's craziest human being lives in Houston. <laughs> How does he wind up uh, in the in in the Mint family? Uh, speaking of Chris, Daddy Dave, <laughs> Chris Dadlin Dave. Um, he met him at Howard University, okay. and while we were. Wow, are you free? Was going down the charts. We put down, put out, uh, breaking my heart. Pretty brown eyes, mm -hmm. which was going down the charts as well. So until yeah, until yeah, we had what? to get out in a Winnebago, and we went to all the HBCUs in the country. Uh, okay. Yeah, and so we got to Howard University, and this was around the time too where you know that I was telling you about uh, Michael Bland. So we had a, uh, a drummer. Uh, a couple of drummers filling in. Mm -hmm. Greg Dion Frios, what's up? So you weren't going to Phil Collins this shit? No, because at that time I felt women. like I didn't know where I can. I can't. I felt I started to feel differently. Perform. I started to come into it a little bit more. You know, I was still you know, loved the drums. I couldn't. I could express myself differently. I was learning all about how to perform and that kind of thing. So I was like, I couldn't. You know, I couldn't do it. I feel. I would feel confined. Mm -hmm. You know. Um, Plus, no, none of the girls go for the drummer. <laughs> <laughs> Got to put the drums in front, man. Yeah, <laughs> drums in front to the side. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, it um, it was at Howard University, and uh, Jellybean uh, Johnson was out with us. Oh wow! Yeah, he was he was playing with you all. Yeah, playing with us. Yeah, wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was kind of, it was real dope. And he um, he went into one of the practice rooms. Like, yo, man, there's some dude, man. He sound like Michael Blam. You got chops. He's you know, like, really. Little dude, and um, it's like okay, but I I don't I think I'm I don't know if I met him then. We were on the road and we got to. Uh, I remember speaking to him. I called him when uh, we got to L.A. We were doing the Disneyland grad nights, and um, like the crazy story too. I think <laughs> I was like, this is just off. Uh, Anything with Chris Dave is definitely crazy. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I'm. I was thinking about uh, the grad nights. I remember Layla Hathaway told me, "Yeah, you played my grad nights." Like what? Oh like, wow! And I knew that was yeah, crazy. <laughs> yeah, crazy. So, um, so yeah, with Disneyland grad nights, and I end up calling. I was like, "Yo, man, um, yeah, I heard about you. And you know, if you can just send me, you know, just come send me something slow, something mid, something fast, and you know." He's like, "Okay, yeah." Okay. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you, know, you hear his voice. Yeah. Yes, that is yeah. <laughs> him spot on. And um, so he did. It's like okay, cool. But it wasn't until you know I really auditioned him up at, at flight time, and um, yeah, it was just incredible. He had chops and everything. At that point, I was just like, okay, I all I need you to do right now is I want to feel this riser move. Like play harder, you know, play harder because I think it was more in jazz, really tight, yeah. killing, you right. know. Uh, like play hard and we we gonna play long. We had these super thick arrangements at the time. We uh, some of them recorded, but it's like you know he could handle it. Was he like, that abstract even back in? The um, 90s? Cause I I didn't. 
even start seeing him drone until like maybe like 2004, 2005. Okay. I had heard about, we did one gig with you guys in like Seattle. Or at least all you guys were there. Right. Like we, that's the first time that. I met you guys in Seattle, but you guys had, either y'all were there the night before or something or whatever. That's the first time I met. I was like, oh, I've heard of you, Chris Dave. But yeah, well, he was, um, you know, he's playing R&B stuff. So, I mean, that's, the gig is what it is. It's kind of somewhat theatrical, but it was, you know, we need you to hit that tune I know, four. I'm just saying that yeah. he's known for, uh, he's an awesome mm-hmm. pocket. Mm-hmm. But his calling card and his reputation yeah. is based on coloring outside yeah, the line. For so sure, for sure. How in a group so uh, uh, disciplined in its, in, it, in its songs... It's how did that? How it was it the fit, fit? Because I and I call it like pocket aggressive, where it's like okay, there's parameters. Because sometimes and we've auditioned drummers in the past; they just think it's like you go wild because you know it's like no, we, there's mm-hmm. certain stop signs. You know, from between here and here, this is just here's where you start out, and there's a couple of things in here you have to know. Here you can kind of do what you want, but make it tasteful, you know. But sometimes there's certain drummers that'll sound like oh, they're just going off. Like no, it's 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 not. You got to play the music. It's like, you know, soloing is like, what, 5%? But I'm just really interested in, you know, you got to, most of the times, trying to play with the ensemble, make your head rock, you know. And, um, yeah, he did that. It was just like, um, you know, we'd have our part where we'd do a little, little drum battle and all that kind of stuff, So mm-hmm. which was cool. But a lot of it, too, I, we spent a lot of time, because he kind of lived with me for, off and on for about a couple of years. And we would just chat, you know, and... Um, just kind of exchange ideas, and it's so funny because a lot of ideas I hear now is just kind of like, you know, just kind of the color. And I like to say coloring outside the line as far as the tempo changes, you know, with inside four four mm-hmm. timing and all that kind of stuff is um, it's become like a, a thing. Yeah, you know, I hear drummers doing now, but that was just us just kind of messing around. It's like wow, yeah. that's cool. Whose idea was it? It one of your most probably iconic moments I remember. Whose idea was it to have half the goatee? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Duh. Was that forever in your that, eyes? Yes. Or was that? You knew the video. Yes. You knew the song. So please. I remember forever. the audition at Howard and University. And, like, the treatment. Ooh. I remember, like, he was, like, a newscaster. Yes. Or he was, like, a broadcaster. He <laughs> she was, like, was a broadcaster. She was a broadcaster. Yeah. And all, yeah. It was, he was singing in front of the TVs, and he leaned in. Came unannounced. Yes. I'm sorry. Yes. And then I feel free. <laughs> That's the girl Half a goatee. Yes. <laughs> Or was it Man, blonde? <laughs> it might have been blonde. I can't remember. Yeah, no, it wasn't blonde. He wasn't. Oh, but I, just, I was like, yo, who, who is this dude? Just trying to find the ledge, man. <laughs> no more eyeliner. Just, you know. No, that was that was my version of eyeliner. I wasn't yeah, gonna do eyeliner. Thought. I was like, yeah. all right, I'll do half a bit, you know. <laughs> Shaving mad. <laughs> you know. Yo, but that video was a whole era because I was just thinking about how I remember the call the model call in DC at Howard. Y'all had a whole relationship with Howard in that way. Yeah. Where uh, that y'all did the uh call and the girl was from DC, right? That's right, yeah. We did a uh the video contest. We won it, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. Wow. So it was there. Senior year, I remember because yeah. I slow grind across the street at the AKA house to pretty oh. brown eyes. Oh, it's oh, the first oh. time I ever got felt up. It was really and, and everybody else was in the coat line because it was the end of the party or whatever. Oh, but he Lord. wanted to dance with me one more time before the door closed. And oh, he, Lord. the pretty brown eyes came on. Not forever in your eyes, but <laughs> I just had to, <laughs> had to at least tell him that it meant a lot. Sorry. All right. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> this is, this is, uh, okay. I didn't know what kind of man would I be. 
But we gonna get that. Nah, nah. What, that was <laughs> you don't slow grind it at. Mm. Yeah, right. If people can get married to pretty wings, <laughs> they, <laughs> they can slow grind to what kind of man would I be? Wait, I, why can't you slow grind to what kind of man would I be? It's just awkward. You start listening to words. Yeah. Yeah. You start you listening to words. Black people like, don't listen to lyrics yeah. like, at all. No, we, at listen all. To the, we listen to those, though. We listen to them in condition lyrics, I feel like. At no. least the hook. At least the hook. I'm, nah, dude, nah, you people. know the Earth, Wind, and Fire reason story? Yeah. No, they gave up $2 million once the couple found out what it meant. Like What? <laughs> it, uh, a couple wanted the Earth, Wind, and Fire, a rich couple, to, to come sing reasons at their wedding. Uh-huh. And Philip Bailey opened his mouth and was like, you sure? And they're like, why? And he's like, mm, it's about cheating. And da, 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 da. That's it. It was lost $2 million. Oh, <laughs> man. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I mean, every love, every, every, oh, that's my song. It's yeah. about yeah. saving yeah. all my love for you all the yeah. time. Sweet thing. Except for yeah. Pretty Brown. Well, hold on. He's breaking his heart. Yeah. Fuck. Today in Black History, yeah. Pretty Brown Eyes by Mick Condition added to the side piece hymnal. <laughs> the side piece hymnal. What else is in the side piece hymnal? Sizzle. Oh, yeah. Page one, as we lay by Shirley oh. Brown. <laughs> Put it on a playlist called Songs for February 15th. <laughs> <laughs> nah, B. The weekend, the sad, the weekend before, before Valentine's yeah. Day. The 7th. <laughs> February 7th is. Yeah, that's the end. That's what we Oh, we told her ourselves. <laughs> I wouldn't know nothing about that. Yeah, February 30th, baby. I'm sorry. <laughs> Forgive me. Yeah. Oh, man. Wait, so is. Is is there a black love song that pledges black love and commitment without being the side piece or Look to music soldier. Look to music soldier. Tonight soul I celebrate my love. Yeah, uh, so I um spending my life with yeah, you. Yeah, but some Ebenet. pull your hair shit. Is it just do me, baby? That's it? Insatiable. Mm. Was that? Well, I don't think them somebody else. Second verse feels more HR though. Uh, I mean, if he shows his, yeah, I'll show <laughs> my. I feel like you're in an office and you're gonna go to HR for that shit. So. Nah. Well, now you bring HR and anybody Yeah. Do you ever think you have HR conversations? Dog, I work at NBC. I know you do now, but like before, every day of my life. No, every day of my life is how not to go to HR. Exactly. Mm. It's like the principal's office. Mm. With the uh, the second record, I thought that that was where that was the first record that I listened to like all the way down, like complete, and that was probably the one that I just played because I felt like y'all got your up tempo game right. Mm-hmm. Like it was really good songs and just yeah. everything was dope. What was the process between the first record to the second record? Well, I guess we'd heard about this sophomore jinx thing. You know, what that? I didn't know what it was. What does that mean? We just you know, um, we just said look. We all come with the best songs we can come with. You know, we were just really, really focused, you know, on having that. And we went through that process of like, okay, no, this doesn't sound good. And I think at that point, at that point, each one of us knew what, you know, we were bringing. Was, it had to be good. And I think we had learned so much from, you know, touring from the first album and the first time how that did and what was really resonating with everybody. And it was like, okay, we, um, we really gotta get get that get that up. So our tone game, I'm a tone dude. It's like like drum sounds, uh, keyboard sounds, all that kind of stuff had to be on point. So I think that 
was all, you know, part of that. It was that was the sum of it, you know. Was Hodge your uh engineer? Hmm? Steve Hodges. Jimmy Jammer's uh did he work with you guys at all? Or? He um, <clears throat> would kind of oversee, because I was always, like I said, interested in sounds like, uh, for instance, like the, the, I remember like the drum tones on What Kind of Man. We worked a little bit on that. Uh, and I was just kind of watching what he did. But yeah, amazing, amazing technician, man. Just What know. studio did you guys record on? Uh, Flight Time. Yeah. Uh, wow. Yeah. Was it All a top notch? Oh, yeah. There was four studios up in there. It was... Um, Jam and them had their studio. There was Studio A, which is a smaller studio, which I, I love. And then there's Studio, no, Studio C. And then Studio A was a bigger studio. Steve Hodge had his own studio. Um, and that, he mixed primarily in there. But it's four of them. Is that Maybe. still up and operating in Minnesota it's right now? It's up there. It's uh, Paul Peterson is over there now. Um, St. Paul from the family. Um, but some of the boys, they used to have Harrison boards in it. So those are all gone now. And they have different, you know, because you don't need those big boards anymore. So, yeah. during um, that time, what were some of the other projects that were being worked on while you guys were in the studio? I don't know, Janet, uh, Janet, Janet, of course, because you're playing on uh, doing, 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 my shit. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. What yes. do I do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, yeah, I couldn't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's on, um, a, he's on a body that loves you too, isn't he? I, I don't know. Some of that stuff, man. I would I would do those sessions and not know where the song was going. You know, were you guys the band for What Will I Do? No, no, not that one. You just drummed on it, but um, I did a remix. And I can't remember. Yeah, it ended up on it was a giant thing for sure. Oh, okay, so that must be what you're talking about. Um, it was so much stuff. I don't you know some of it. I don't even know. On that album, man, talk about Ten Million Strong. Like that song, I used to put that when I would make. My slow jam tapes. <laughs> Words to midnight. I make, I make midnight. my midnight love joint. Like my cake, my cake tapes. Cupcake tapes. I kept that song. Cake tapes? Yeah. That was like cake tapes. Yeah, so my, my, my cake tape was what you made, you know what I'm saying? When you, you it was your music for when you, mm-hmm. could, you was on the phone. Cake. Oh, on the phone. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Get that cake. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Cake. So, so that was what it was. So I kept that song on. Like that made wow. several yeah. iterations yeah. of my cake tape. Volumes one, two, three, three and four. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Take that well. Like, Talk about that <laughs> song. Oh, I just, multiple volumes. Where were you? What was y'all on when y'all did that? I love that record. That one was influenced. I was listening to this this composer, this Japanese composer, uh, Ryuichi Sakamoto. Sakamoto, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he had all these, um, you know, Black Rain. He did that 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 score. Just amazing. I just love his the way he used textures and sounds and that kind of thing. And that is where that came from. It's just that that whole thing, and then the whole ten million strong kind of thing. Just you know, just certain songs come and I can do them in five minutes. Other times it might be, you know couple hours it might be a week and we just set it down the hook is done i want to spend some time with that was just kind of like maybe 10 minutes on that one you know but yeah it was just one of those it was just kind of a vibe it's exactly for that yeah you mean just to kind of chill and vibe out it it, it certainly feel that purpose going back i I forgot my dear on the mo money soundtrack Mm. now what's funny about that you know this uh the spearheaded by home road dell guitar player man and that we Originally did that for Color Me Bad. There's a group called Color Me Bad. Uh, I don't remember Color Me Bad. And but it was produced differently, so it had more of a kind of a pop sensibility. And um, they something happened where they didn't take the song. They were going, to, they didn't. And it's like, okay, we gonna 
make it for us. So we went in, rehearsed it, you know, did the music, mm-hmm. and then um, me and Odell penned it. You know, we were just wanted to make it kind of an extravaganza. No, you know, that's a gorgeous song, man. Oh. I used to run that joint. Thanks, man. Yeah. If we talk about soundtrack joints, Jason's lyric. The Jason's trouble was money. Oh yeah, oh, trouble yeah, was money. Yeah, yeah, God, yeah. 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 I used to love that one. Oh, love thanks. Yeah, that was. Uh, yeah, they wanted they wanted the songs, but they wanted to flip it. So, um, Kerry Lewis was uh, brilliant at doing that. And he, he had Kerry had like a his like a really great pop sensibility. You know, knows the textures to use and everything. So he was um, really uh, instrumental. The group for that. So he penned uh, "Swinging" as well. He me "Swinging." So. Um, yeah, he's just amazing still to this day. He's just crazy with it. Do you really still enjoy singing like your classics? Like, are there some that you like still enjoy? I always wondered because I appreciate the catalog. Okay, absolutely, <laughs> I appreciate. It. Yeah, you know, as you get older and doing this thing, it's like you know what, you know, I'm doing music, man. You know, changing hearts and minds, and actually changing. You know, it's, it's, the vibration is actually going through people and helping. You know, it's like feeling different. You know. So it's uh, I learned later on in life like this really about healing. It really is, mm-hmm. you know. If we didn't have music, I mean, what would that feel like? You know what I mean? All right, y'all. You know what season it is? Tis the season for spring breaking and planning our summer travel. And if you're like me, you're already in your Airbnb app trying to find which spot is right for you. Now, listen. While I'm looking to spend all this money. What I'm not doing is thinking about making money with Airbnb. See, you got to change your mind state. Make the money while you're spending the money. How, you say, Laia, do I make the money? Well, you host at your house. And I know what you're thinking. I mean, my whole house? Uh, Well, no, you don't have to do your whole house. I mean, you could do a room or, you know, do the whole house. So make some money while you're spending some money this summer. I'm trying to tell you, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. What is your vocal regimen? Because I've, I mean, I've seen you like a couple times, and you guys are still, you know, 20 years later, still singing these songs. 
in the same key, like you still just as hard. Be. <laughs> I mean, just like that's amazing, man. That's like, uh, yeah, it's, it's you know, I I definitely try to baby it as much as like, I'm not one of these dudes who you know have these. Some dudes can just sing all night, and you know the next you just got these steel lungs. I'm like, I gotta do my garlic and my ginger and all that, and honey, all you know, warm up. You know, it's a big thing, and really, it's just about it's just about um, uh, endurance, really, and trying to sing differently. You know, your voice changes as you get older; it drops a little bit. And um, but I like where it's at now because it kind of rounds it out. Because I listen back, I'm like, man, I sound like many a fucking mouse. You know? <laughs> Peep. All right, so I told y'all guys that the way that you're speaking now, mm. that your baritone game. Is on point. All right. And when we you sound the bar- show, we're gonna hit the baritone, baritone joint, man. Your, yeah. your voice was hoarse, but you sang right. in your low register. I was like, "Yo, do the whole show <laughs> in your low register." <laughs> right. Yeah. And you killed it. Like, yeah. Have you ever thought of of doing a project where you just use your 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 low register and since that's it? that day, like, like a twice, I already started it. <laughs> it's like a song on a new record. It's like at least one song. I feel like you use it. And there, even, even on the So Fine remix, you kind of went a little lower than normal. Yeah. I think people are so focused on the uh, natural high register, they don't mm-hmm. realize, you know, if they see it live, it's, you know, or they'll ask me, they just assume it's somebody else that's singing. No, that's, that's me singing. Yeah. But yeah, I, I enjoy that. I miss that baritone. I miss that whole Barry White. Out the price sock, you know, <laughs> you know, I miss that. Nobody sings. Yeah, um, there's, you a, know I mean? there's a. So there's a lane. It's funny you say that about your voice because last night Fonte and I were trying to figure out like who is in your your tribe vocally, right? Because you are just in an elite situation where there's not a lot of people that oh he yeah. sound like stuff. You and Rasan Pass. That's the person yeah. I was gonna just yeah. Name. yeah. That's, yeah. It. Like, that's it. Y'all need to do a jam yeah. together. Yeah, and we, I know y'all and like called yeah. who's who. Because I know y'all done, right? Yeah, I know y'all done shows together. See, Sing the same weird. phrase. Where you right. said that? Because the argument was a three between uh, Ray, okay. Rashad, and Rasan and him. Oh, Ray. Ray. Oh, uh, Sadiq. Wow. Oh, Rafael. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, Rasan and Stokely is like cousins wow. in this game. Like, Don't that's... get me beat up. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's Ray producer. <laughs> but yeah, it's yeah, it is. Y'all are similar. Yeah, similar tone. Yeah, we. I mean, we. I, I seen we talk about that. It's like, what is that? I guess you just comes out how it comes out, man. You know, for the first, I guess. You know, a little while that breaking my heart was out. Nobody really there. We had no video, um, so they didn't know. Is it baby face? It kind of sounded like Stevie. Who's what? You know, we had got I had gotten a few different, you know, artists that people thought it was. You know, on the uh, the cover of the uh, definition of a band album, I'd always want to ask you about what was it that made y'all not be on the cover and just focus the instruments. I thought it was a statement behind yeah. it, but. I want for to sure. hear your definition of a band. That, yeah, the, yeah. Definition of a band. Yeah, 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 for sure. It's like okay, it's, this is let's be what we are. It's like man, enough of this trying to look pretty on the cover and that kind of thing. Let's just more rugged. Be what it is. It's like we're musicians. Let's let the we always say let the music is king over everything. That speaks, you know. So put the instruments on there. You know, old warehouse looking thing. You know, and. Um, that represents us, you know, and definitely, I think it was perfect, you know, definition of a man, put the instruments, boom, that's it, and I, it resonated. Why did it take you guys three years between? On that one? And is it risky or, to, well, I know that, well, yeah, or most, on that 
for the next three records is that was ninety six. It definitely yeah. was ninety six. Um, between that one and what was one after that was that Life's like Aquarium. Life's like Aquarium. That well, was okay, eight. 99. 99. Yeah, so from Mint Factory to Definition Man was three years, and then... Just just touring. You know, Mint Factory to Definition, yeah, touring. And uh, I think to... Uh, from Definition Band to Life's Aquarium, there was a couple of things that happened. So uh, Carrie had found love, got married, and all that thing. So we're trying to figure out our sound, you know. And um, how did he handle that? Did he, like, give y'all a heads up or was it sudden? yeah and how did you guys handle it and we did we um we were on tour with <laughs> 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 no no oh, i didn't watch the lifetime movie yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> was it bad was the lifetime movie it was, was it, it was it accurate I, was it was it uh the whitney's movie because i mean I, well not whitney i'm sorry uh, tony's, tony's, Braxton, movie. tony's Braxton. movie tony's movie sorry yeah no because they mentioned it in the movie kind of remember that i only watched half of it so your half. I'm not. I didn't even know if it was in it, but um, um Wait, was it good? Yeah. After the Whitney Jorn <laughs> and the that Leah Jorn, I I I didn't do the TLC. Not the TLC one. It was good. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah, no, nah, that I saw the TLC one, but that wasn't Lifetime. That was VH1. Oh, it was VH1. I thought it was Lifetime. Never mind. Oh, you thinking about it? Oh, yeah. No, Lil Mama, she killed the TLC version, though. The yeah. TLG, she did good in that one. I wasn't mad at that one at all. So how did they depict it? Just yeah. just for my ignorance. <laughs> like, <laughs> how, no, did they, I mean, how did they depict the... It's been depicted that the, that the band was not happy. That's what has been depicted at all. I can imagine that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, gel with someone for your life, and then they're like, I'm out. I found love. Meep, meep. <laughs> <laughs> and then y'all were on tour together, too, so there was a whole thing. Right. So it, that, it developed with them on tour. So, I mean, we've seen it kind of was like, okay, all right, all right, see what's going on. And um, uh, so we announced she's getting sorry. married and that whole thing. I just want to so. say, I knew Bryce was married. I'm sorry. Never mind. Bryce, Bruce, Bruce, Bruce Wilson. Bryce? This is a long story. Oh, uh, wow. He was. Anyway, go ahead. Oh, that, Tony. Yeah, so they, they did that. And um, so we were, yeah, I mean, everybody in the band wasn't, you know, it was like, man, what's going to happen? I guess all he was asking for, like, look, just give me some time to um, work stuff out, however it's going to happen. He's like, nah, we got bills to pay. We got to roll out, man. Which I guess it was like an ultimatum, you know, it was like, oh, you're in, you're out kind of thing. But, you know, after me, I just thought it was business and, you know, let, you know, short life, love's love, man, let him do this thing. So I went to the wedding. Some people were uh, supposed to make it and had some technical difficulties and they didn't as well. So, <laughs> you know. oh, fuck yeah. your wedding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and some were upset, you know, it's, it's what it was. But I understand that, you know, that's just. Human nature is going to be that, you know, and it's uh, this, you know, I've been married to these dudes longer than, you know. This been is, very you know. faithful. Like, I wonder how many times that somebody says, so Stokely, Every when you going on solo? Like, how is it like 30, 50, 100? What do you think? Was there a chance of you actually going solo in the late 90s? Because you did, a, there was a couple of soundtrack records Every that were just you. album. Every album. Yeah. Oh, in the press, in the rate, in the interview, like, oh, man. I mean, if it was, if it was the deal was pretty much every album was done, it was pretty much every every time. So, but I just think that was a mint was is you know necessary. Like at that time, there was so many solo artists galore, you know. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, you know, I think it needed to be, a, you know what I mean? Yeah, it needed to be a mint. There's nothing like that. So you know, there's no, it's not a roots. 
But the thing yeah. is, yeah. the thing yeah. is, Thank though, you. Thank am, you. am I the only artist that, <clears throat> that believes in an open marriage? Like, am I the Ozzy Davis uh, of the shit? <laughs> no, no, no. You can have an open I, marriage. I go, but to, the thing I go is, to this dude. I go to Common. Go but to the thing is, you have come to back kinda, home. Yeah, but you have to kind of watch that because at the while you kind of end up cutting your package. You know what I'm saying? You have to. You kind of dilute yourself too much, and it's like. Okay. So you saying I don't need to cut it? I'm but so yeah, you don't need to cut it. Hollywood <laughs> metaphor. To you're drugs. not. Yeah. Well, okay. no. It's like you, like you, you're diluting, you know, yourself. So it's like, okay, if I'm here. And then I start going here and here, 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 here. I think it's you different. Spread yourself I think it's different for musicians versus singers. Yeah, you're not a lead singer. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, with drumming. Yeah, yeah. Tariq hasn't done it as. I don't know, it's hard. Yeah. Like, At all. Like, was anybody talking to Steve Gadd? You playing on too many records. Polino the Costa, you're gonna have to chill. Right, right. right. Yeah, well, let Bobby sense. Hall get these. Get this session. So, yeah, yeah, but I, I think that you know. You would want to like, oh, I want to start a side jazz combo with blah blah blah. Yeah. Do a super group. Yeah, And what I think it's even like right what I'm doing right now, with yeah, solo with, uh, stuff. It's 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 um, there's a few ways and you can do that, and I've been doing that actually. There's a couple of groups I play with, you know, still and that's been for the last fifteen, probably twenty, the whole time through. Mm-hmm. You know, I've always been active. You know, before, meant you know during, and now it's just like. I feel like, you know, I've given so much time, attention, and care to that, you know, as a musician and artist, you have to figure out, you know, I put, when I do something, I'm like really focused in on it. So at this time now, I'm just like, okay, it's time for another facet. You know, do I have, a, I got a couple more gears, I think, you know, while I'm still healthy and, you know, uh, and can do it, I want to give it its full attention, you know. So there's different ways to do that. I've done what you're talking about as far as, you know, being in a group. And doing all the other things outside of it, you know, making that the mother. Do those know. guys have side options as well, or and I'm just doing different is this things? Group so their everything. I'm sorry. No, I'm saying, do they have side options as well, or is this group their everything? Uh, everybody's got different things, and, that, and that's the thing. It's like once they decide to do that, you know, if they want to, then you know, but they've got definitely it's it's they're amazing dudes, you know, in so many different ways. They just you just know about me because I'm the lead singer, you know. And that's usually the way it happens. It's a focal point. And um, uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of uh, magic within and beyond me. You know what I mean? Yeah, because there was yeah. a moment in reading the title introducing Stokely as a fan where you're like, mm, well, that's nice. But what you mean introduce? Like, right. I feel like we knew. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah but nah, right. when you're starting over, it's introducing. I mean, I get yeah. it, but it's, y'all been, it's it. been decades yeah. of music. Yeah. So. Nigga, it yeah. don't matter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Black people so, don't read. Are you speaking like, from yeah. experience? Yeah. From right. Dude, so yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know right, right. Like a little you know, bit. It's start. It's like people. Like people know you too. They don't know necessarily the Bottom. edge or right. Or, yeah, right. yeah. I mean, so yeah. it's like. Yeah. Yo, Fonte, let me ask you just while we on this mm. subject because I told you one of my favorite uh, songs is yours. Yours with Mint. Okay. Something, something. Mm. So the other day we were talking to Fonte and he was saying how he real selective with his features. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. However, he I'm was sure on this Mint Condition song. You know, it's you know, there's something, something. Yeah, because that's Mint Condition. Oh, okay. Shit, that's Mint Goddamn <laughs> Condition. Oh my my God, mama, she, mama, I wasn't. <laughs> she didn't validate me until. <laughs> like everything else I did before that, that shit was cool. I called that's my mama until I got a, a jam funny. with Mint Condition. She was like, oh shit. And you're talking shit like the, the shit talking. It's just my favorite record. Yeah, right? Man, I couldn't believe. I can't remember. I think like my manager hit me. But yeah, like 
Wow. Me and Rick were talking, and mm. he was like, yo, we got a joint we want you on. And I was mm. like, all right. Cool. I was like, man, crazy. Mm. So he sent it to me, and so I do it. I just do my verse. I'm like, all right. Do my rap, rap, rap. Take a little bam. <laughs> nigga, I'm good. 16, I'm out. And so I sent it. And so then Rick hits me, and he's like, yo, man, we love the verse. Stokely wants you to sing on it. I was like, nigga, what? Yeah, <laughs> that, no. He's like, no, man. Yeah. Stokely wants like you to do face. what? Like, like, what do you want me to do? No, for real. That's like, yeah, that's like, you know, that, that's crazy. Man. So I was like, all right. And so I just went back and added like some Marvin harmonies on it or whatever. And then he hit me back. I was like, Rick, I sent you some vocals, man. I said, but dude, I really would rather Stokely do these old. He was like, he was like, well, let me hear you. I sent it to him. He was like, dude, we love it. We love it. And so that was a time like that record, and then it was another record we just did um, on Chris's album, the what record I did, oh. the Destiny and Stereo record. I'd sing the hook on that, but I sung it as a reference for you to sing it. But Chris kept my reference, of course. He was you the of man, course. Fonte? Of Not course, me, man. I was, but I heard it. I heard you're, like you're an alien, you man. You <laughs> one of them aliens, dudes. Man, like, I'm trying that, to be. Yeah. We did. Oh, it was on TV. Okay, it was another record we did. <laughs> All the stories. I don't do features. Yeah, but like for all the reasons, I don't do features. But I fuck with stories. <laughs> Look, so it was the record we did. Uh, it was a Brother Ali record, and it was a joint. I just again, I did the hook on, and then Ali, he like put you in some harmonies under me. That shit was stupid. It was called I'll Be Around. It was um. Man, this had to be like 2009, Damn. 10, I don't know. 11. I hear it again. I'm it must yet. be nice. Yeah. You don't remember none of the features you can't <laughs> No, hear. man. No, you were just singing. You were singing on it. Because, I mean, because you and, like, Brother Ali, like, y'all, he was yeah. all over. You all oh, over yes. Yes, 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 yes. I need to hear that again. Man. I'll send it to you. I'll send it to you. Yes, yes, yes. That yes, was yeah, a yeah, joint. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, man, my mother, she, when honest. I told her I did a record with y'all, <laughs> I made it. Congratulations. That is funny. Did Mint get to touch any of uh, introducing? Like, was there any member? No, I was sorry. I wanted to make it, with, you know, because I feel like we've done that. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? If I wanted to make, and that's the whole thing about record. you know introducing is like you know this you're getting me from the rooter to the tutor, you know, yeah. so to speak. So um, you playing still drums or is that somebody else? That's me. Okay. Playing them on the Mint records. Those, too. yeah, those are my favorite oh, wow. interludes: Ash and Rio, The Quero's Revenge. I used to have that shit timed so perfectly where I could loop it on my CD player. Because <laughs> yeah. like, oh, yeah, it was only like 43 mm, seconds and it wasn't long mm, enough. So like, you, if I hit it just right, it would loop perfectly in time. I want to ask you about Sometimes on... Mm. Uh, oh, yeah. That record, I got... That brought the RA to my dorm yeah. several times. <laughs> uh -uh. What were you doing? That was my friend. No, that was like my freshman year of college. Cake tapes. And I just, well, I was beyond the cake tapes. Yeah, that was, <laughs> that was too loud for the cake tapes. I think this is when the sun was getting made. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that joint. So I would like just that drum solo, man. And I mean, it's Daddy. just a wonderful song. Yeah, and, thanks, man. And so I just would have that shit like playing loud. How did that come That's together? That's Brother Rick, you know. He uh, like on the rock and roll tip. He's definitely a uh, master at that, man. He's that just, one in Infidelity? Yeah. Those are two yeah, of my favorites. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah the, the drum solo is amazing. Just, I think I like the tones and just how raw it is. You know what I mean? But um, as part of his personality, we just kind of wanted to uh, push his vision forward. And uh, again, I feel just really fortunate to uh, be a part of all that. I mean, just creating all those, those, those sonics, man. Just amazing, magical. So. 
Glad it re- resonated with somebody. Nah, you man, I, mean? I love so, that yeah. record. Yeah. What uh, was the change, or what prompted y'all to change from perspective to Electra for Life's Aquarium? Um, better deal. It was, um, yeah. It's so. What kind of man? We just felt like at the, you know, we'd given them a gift, and uh, uh, that Jam and the Lewis ball said, was dropped. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, cause it was already it was a gift, and you know, the 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 regime that came in to A and M didn't really pick up the ball and really you could have did a lot more you know and so uh, that record was considered was like just like a moderate hit it was a hit it was definitely but if we just but it could have been a pop hit oh yeah it was, oh, okay. it was just it, it felt like it could have been an Atlantic star move uh right it could have been the you know what i mean it was yeah. right there you know so all i had to do was just pick it up and do what they need to do so um that didn't happen and just what they were offering at the time just didn't feel right you know a lot of times they put their own people in and you know just a lot of people are fired and it's like you keep people are gone and, you know. did you guys have any relationship with Annan proper like Gil Friesen or or whoever yeah, was at, them at the time yeah they had yeah so it was just basically your ceiling was Jam and Lewis and the perspective people yeah but never right right the yeah. the higher upset no it would have been you know after have we had we stayed on there because that's what we you know at that time I think it was um uh, McLean had came back on, you know, at, at A&M and that kind of thing. So they were in the meeting with him trying to figure out the future. And like, well, we'd rather get off. And we're like, okay, we just, we thought it was going to be a big deal. So you just give us two songs and out, you know. So then we started talking to uh, Silver Roan over at Electra and um, mm-hmm. did that deal pretty quick. And she was pretty excited. So, and that one was just like, I don't, he dropped the ball on, again, just the tour support. Okay. You know, because I think that was one of one of the reasons why. Now I'll say Life's Aquarium, that was one that I, like, you know, like Boss Billy talked about the uh, the Are You Free. Life's Aquarium was the one record where I was kind of like, really? okay, what's happening? Because that's like probably my second favorite men album. It's, so here's the other part of it. So when I first kind of went through it and like, because the first single... Oh, God, what was the first single? It just didn't sound like y'all. It sounded, you know, very like programmed. If You Love Me? No, nah, it wasn't If You Love Me. That was the ballad, but it was the, it was a faster. I can't remember what the, the Charlie Wilson joint. Mm-mm, that was Pretty Lady. That was Pretty dope. Lady, Pain it, and Pleasure. Touch That Body. Or, it oh, be a pain. Touch, was it touch, touch That Body. Touch, touch That Body. All oh, right, right. I was yeah. like, yeah. what? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? But so that for, that threw me off. But mm-hmm. like the ballads on that record, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like the Just the Man for You. Right, right, right. And um, Stay This Minute right this now. Stay This Minute. Mm-hmm. And uh, God, I'll just uh, Tonight. Oh yeah, yeah. Like yeah. those are some of my favorite yeah. mint yeah. songs yeah. of all time, and so. I mean, you just do what you feel in the moment, man. It's one of those things where you, you know, people get what they get from it, and it's you know whatever your musical sensibility is, you take it or you leave it, and uh, you know some stuff is hit miss. Yeah, I don't know. So when y'all went indie for uh, Living the Luxury Brown, how was that transition? What made y'all decide to do that? So we would go in the independent stage at that point. So um, that was, I felt like, uh, we all felt like, you know, people heard us, but they haven't seen a lot of us. So we wanted to do like a a DVD component, okay. you know, with that, you know, Living Luxury Brown and Life from the 930 Club. And, you know, at, yeah, in DC, yeah. So it felt like that's the perfect spot to do it. You know, these always showed us love that part of the country. And- um, Band town. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So. Um, that's kind of what drove that, and we struck up a deal with um, Image Entertainment. Yep, it was Image. Yeah, Image, yep. yeah. And um, 
yeah, it was perfect because they did they dealt with DVDs and that kind of content. And um, yeah, that's pretty much where it came from. It just from us wanting to do something that was visual, you know. And um, yeah, it came out great, man. And so we put all these songs on there. So yeah, I remember buying yeah. that one out of Target. I, I <laughs> bought my copy. <laughs> it was they had like an exclusive something. Yeah, I bought it. Bought right, mine out of right. Target. All right, y'all. You know what season it is. Tis the season for spring breaking and planning our summer travel. And if you're like me, you're already in your Airbnb app trying to find which spot is right for you. Now, listen, while I'm looking to spend all this money, what I'm not doing is thinking about making money with Airbnb. So you got to change your mind state. Make the money while you're spending the money. How, you say, Laia, do I make the money? Well, you host at your house. And I know what you're thinking. I mean, my whole house? Uh, well, no, you don't have to do your whole house. I mean, you could do a room or, you know, do the whole house. So make some money while you're spending some money this summer. I'm trying to tell you, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. So you have a new album, Stokely? I'm over here. Okay. <laughs> that's Steve. Steve. Yes. That's the host yes. of Chatting with Sugar. <laughs> yes. Oh, Steve, how you doing? Yeah, he's he's here. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> can you tell us about the new album? <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, we started introducing Stokely. So, that's um, like I said, I felt that he's you know starting from the bottom. You know, I got some folks on there with me, and some work with Wale on there. Um, how do you, after you waited all this time, how do you get the producers, the people that you want to work with together, because isn't everybody like, yo, yo, pick me, pick me, pick me. Like, I, I do it off of spirit. Okay. You know, it's not so much off of popularity, that kind of thing, whatever fits what I'm doing, you know, so. Um, You've done a lot of stuff with Wally, though. Yeah, a little bit worked on with last uh, couple CDs. Yeah. Know? And Robert and, Glasper. Yeah, a little bit with Rob. Rob and, um, yeah, so, I mean, it's just, you know how it is. Like, they, this industry becomes very small, so. You know, touring, you see people on, you know, it's like, oh, let's work together. And when it happens, it happens, that kind of thing. If there's time is free and they're interested, if it's something they want to get on, because, you know, uh, we're all sensitive, think, think it's whack, like, ah, you know, 
it won't happen. So I mean, oh, got some nose. Thing. Yeah, but we try to you know do our best and you know hopefully make it something that's attractive to other artists. And um, you know, Carvin Haggins and uh, oh, Ivan Barrios, yeah, Philly, Ivan, Philly, Philly, yes. Philly, yeah, absolutely. So they amazing. Definitely love what they do. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I gotta yeah. ask. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's one project that I'm really interested in that you were part of. Mm-hmm. Um, you became the de facto lead singer oh. of the Revolution mm-hmm. for uh, their. You know, there are uh, a couple of their date tours or whatever. How did that come to be? And how hard was that for you? Uh, do you stay off Prince.org? I don't want to say. I've been saying weird, but it, it wasn't weird. It was just, uh, it was surreal. surreal. Yeah, it was, it was just it, a really uh, here, interesting. To me, it's, it's, uh, I enjoyed it. Like, I enjoyed it. Someone's yeah. got to sing those songs. Yeah. And I'd rather someone that really knows how to sing to sing those songs. Stokely or Bilal. Yeah. 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 And I know for you, it might be a thing like, oh, I don't want to get pegged in the wedding, the purple wedding singer mode thing. <laughs> but. Well, it wasn't that. It was just that I was trying to figure out my, was like, first, I just never thought in a million years that why, I was like, still sometimes like, why am I here? What, you know, <laughs> I felt why that, is he not here right yeah, now? I'm like, yeah. it's just weird. Yeah. I know. know that. But to to me, it's like, you know, I would I would talk to you know one day you call me or whatever, and I would tell her like, because this was like the early stages of that. Yeah. It was like maybe the second or third week where I saw something, and I was like, look, I know you guys are like really really protective of the brand and make you know want to make sure that no toes are stepped on, as if Prince is going to come back to be like, hey, you're stepping on my toes. Yeah. But I was like, I think. She's like, what do you think we should? I said, I think the more that you guys just relax and have fun with it, then that's when the magic starts. And I feel that you were the perfect bit because of your 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 energy that you bring with it. I I'm not expecting you to show up with with purple high heels and to do splits yeah. and start humping the speakers and none of that stuff. <laughs> Maybe have a goatee. <laughs> <laughs> So I know that it's 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 a very weird, vulnerable position to be put in, mm-hmm. but I personally encourage it a lot. Like I'd rather you than say hey. the the lead guy from uh, Doctor Fink's Purple Experience. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that cat. So how many dates man. did you do with him? Uh, last year, still doing dates. Um, when I I'm not doing my own stuff. Um, I don't know. It was a gang of them. And who mm-hmm. sings when you're not there? Uh, nobody. They do. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So uh, Wendy and uh, Mark handle those duties, but it was kind of a weird thing. I know um, that they knew. You know, Prince had a Prince and I had a relationship, and it was um, he got into a place. Prince and got to a place where I, you know, you could see him being kind of mentor to a lot of different artists. You know, he was like becoming that guy. You know, the Yoda's like you know in, in the industry, and. Um, and conversations, which I'll miss, I'm so many conversations that I, the ones that I miss is like, look, man, uh, we talk about life and everything, that kind of thing. And yeah. uh, Did you try to take you to Kingdom Hall? Yeah, no, no. <laughs> yeah. You got lucky. You know? <laughs> Not my experience. And, uh, yeah, I, I think, um, you know, when people get happen to lower sometimes, it's like in the, at the beginning, it's like they Fire. want you. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So. It's I like think people maybe, sell prepaid legal. Yeah, and I think maybe just started it. 
<laughs> it's just, it's just, you're selling it way too hard. I've kind of sold on this Amway thing. Amway. You're just going too far with it. You know what I mean? It's too much zeal. Oh what? my goodness, Amway. <laughs> Why'd you mention Amway, man? My uncle used to sell You are so got nothing to do with prepaid legal, though. I don't understand. It's the pyramid scheme, same shit. Oh, okay. So, right, yeah. Prepaid legal. Uh, what's, the other, what's the other scam? It was ACN. Mary Kay. I don't know. ACN. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that was the, those were the college hustles. Oh, God. Oh, Yo, Bill, you just. <laughs> did you have an Amway experience at all in your life? No. Of course. My uncle Avon? sold that shit. My uncle sold sure. Amway. Okay. I yeah, need some people sold too, yeah. Because they Amway right. came back as uh they came back as another company and I got recruited for that company wow. and I they had to tell them hell no. Wow. <laughs> Scams, man. Scams. Amway. No, yeah. we, the first time yeah. you, you did these songs, these print songs, um, did you have any like unexpected emotional moments that you just was wait, what is what is this? Yeah, oh for sure. I mean, um, like I said, doing them, you know, the first couple of shows, you know, definitely cost a little bit, costed a little bit emotionally. You know, I could even see, you know, the first couple of years I did, you know, my manager was there too. We were like, you know, I do a couple of songs and I go off, mm-hmm. like come back on, do, you know. And every time I come off, I'm a fan and I'm watching. And the first couple of times was like, I could see them becoming themselves. But I think they were trying to find themselves, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like we were all like where is he? This is, you know, this is a different experience, you know what I mean? And um, so I think they're trying to figure out where they fit and all this stuff. And then the fans were looking, you know, some of the time, you know, I, they didn't, uh, a lot of fans, if unless you've seen the Purple Rain tour, because that was it, you didn't see the revolution. So a lot of people were seeing them for the first time. So it's really emotional for the fans, and, you know. Mm-hmm. And by the time you get to you know, sometime it snows in April, it was you know, it was just really never watched not that. A dry, yeah. Yeah. It was it was, you know, so now it's more of a celebration. Mm-hmm. You know, we've done it a few times, but there's still a lot of fans in the house who've seen it for the first time. It's really it's it's emotional. But um, you know, well, I just I, met my I was just concerned, like I told Marcus, like, well what what am I gonna sing? But you know, I'm not first of all, this dude is an island, nobody's saying we know that. That's right. That's it. It is what it is. It's, it's legacy and that kind of thing. So, I so I said I have to pick what I think I sound good. Like I just because I can do them doesn't mean I should. You know what I mean? So, so some songs are sacrilegious to you. To wow, yeah, I, th- yeah, I think yeah, it's just I, think, I, I shouldn't be doing them. You know, I think the best way to handle that, uh, and I tell them this all the time that like Prince's fan base, um, Prince has the luxury of having. Non-hit songs, just as popular as yeah, his hit songs. Right. Stevie has that luxury. Yes. Yeah. Um, go for the more obvious stuff. I mean, the well, less I mean, obvious the less stuff. O- yeah, like the filler. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. his filler is just as amazing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. slow, you killing slow love would be amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I know that's not a revolutionary right. yeah, song, but, but yeah, I get it. I'm just yeah. saying that you know it's. Uh, I, yeah. I encourage that move. I I, I really it's, it's if fun. anyone gets so, yeah. the, a chance yeah. to to see the revolution. Which Wait, so what's cool. on the list though? What, what don't you touch? What's like holy ground? Well, I don't think they would do do me baby or. Yeah. Oh, okay, so Shit, it has to be set. Okay, yeah. so that's the prince. Wait, the prince's sh- list. That's prince's list well, yeah. that he didn't do after a while. That's what right, you mean, yeah, basically. Right, okay, yeah. all right. You know, I guess yeah. Anyway, so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's fun though. Yeah, we, cool. we have a good time, and then yeah, you know, I get to learn a lot about him and hear old stories, and you know, 
and it was really um um I, I just feel fortunate because it's like even with this project it was a thing where he was you know really encouraging it's like okay dude um uh, well what do you, one of the last conversations i had with him he's you know about paisley and i didn't you know he just called me like what are you doing tonight i was actually just sitting home and she come out i was like all right and they were rehearsing i think it was Andy Allo was out there and a bunch of the horns. Oh, you know, mm -hmm. he had his his um, uh, marching band out there <laughs> with the big horns. You know, oh, all, all yeah. from North Carolina, <laughs> those yeah, yeah, twenty yeah, horns. Yeah, yeah. I always wanted to know Kill what it. the per diem situation was for those guys. Man. <laughs> he was crazy. killing it out there, killing it. And um, he was like, you know, just some go up and you know, we just start talking and <clears throat> just about whatever life. And he's like, you know, what's? And it seemed like he was waiting for me to get to a certain subject as we start talking about music and everything. I was like, yeah, I'm working on some stuff. He said, you working on something? I was like, yeah, I've been working for, um, for a minute. So he said, because I was wondering, why don't you, why don't you do something? You know, uh, this is, you know, it's time. And I see I'm working on it now. He's like, can I be a part of it? Wow. I was like, wow. whoa. <laughs> no, you're beneath me. Yeah. <laughs> now you know how I felt when I heard Stokely wants you to sing on it. <laughs> wow. so, wait, how did you How did you feel when you got the call to sing on Call My Name? Oh, that was cool, man. I was like, okay. Same thing. It was like, yeah. Um, I think at that time it was uh, yeah. Kirk called me. He's like, yeah, yeah. I pretty much to come out. That's something they're doing out here. So it's me, uh, Chance Howard. And Kip Blackshire, Kip and his brothers used to sing with uh, Prince for a while too, mm -hmm. and uh, went out there and, and you know she taught us the harmony and everything. <laughs> At one point, we was like, "It sounds too tight. Somebody needs to dirty it up." You know, you know, it's, it's the harmony's too tight. We're trying to you know sing it like you perfect, wanted, you know. right? You know, it's like oh, we're like okay, cool. And then, so, uh, which one of y'all going to sing flat? <laughs> right. <laughs> and uh, so yeah, that came out great, and then we went out to the. Um, uh, to LA to do the video, and it was around the same time uh, that Ray was about to be released, the the movie Ray. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember, yeah, we just had a great time, man. It was, um, uh, I said, you want to go to this movie? It's like new Jamie Foxx, he's portraying Ray Charles. I'm like, okay, so we went to the Sony lot, and um, you know, we, you know, it's just like amazing. It's like oh, then I knew I was like, oh, this is Oscar material right here, man. Mm -hmm. You know. Then the, uh, you know, doing the video and everything. I remember we were joke, kind of joking around about the Chappelle show <laughs> and all that in the, the basketball the basketball scene and everything. We are like, yeah, that was funny, such and such and such. And yeah, he said he was balling and everything and blouses and all that stuff. And he was like, and I hear him back at me, it's true. was <laughs> 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 like, oh, okay. Talk about this. Is, I have a super black uh, question. <laughs> Talk about your time on the set of the Academy Award winning oh film Panther. Or, as well, Forrest Whitaker would say, Pinta. <laughs> that Pinta. The Pinta. We talking about their, oh, that their other Panther, right? It's the wow. black Pinta. I, I, I look like your fat cattle. Yo, you will not find it black in two minutes during this episode. <laughs> Man, listen. Yeah, so how did that how did that come about? We talk about the Mario Van Peebles Panther. 
in there. Not, not, not Ryan Coogler. Not, yeah. Nah, nah, right, not right, the right. Black Panther. <laughs> we talking about Panther with Bobby Brown. He was on drugs, wasn't he? I don't know. He was, well, yeah, he was on drugs. And, but then he and, ended up he's in the movie, killed. too. Uh, he's in the movie. That's what I'm talking about. So it's a meta reference. Yes, meta. Yeah, I was talking about, yeah, he was. I was talking about the movie. I was talking about the movie, too. I wasn't talking about it first in the life. Okay, me neither. All right. So, yeah, dude. So, Panther. I am not getting angry. I was just always are. So how did that come about, man? Like, I think it was the, the label. You oh, know, okay. we were trying to, you know, get more opportunities to be seen and that kind of thing. And, you know, um they say anybody wants to act. And I was like, Yeah, sure, absolutely. That done a little bit in my day. And uh, so the ad came about. It's like, yeah, where are these wigs? You guys are the purple suited hipsters, was our, you know, yeah, yeah. on script, you know. And uh, we just, you know, all y'all got to do just come on out. I think we had a couple lines. I can't remember. And, yeah, because uh, y'all was out there when the, when the, during the standoff. Stand up, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right yeah, yeah. We're supposed to come out and kind of react to that. Oh, what? What's going on? Oh, yeah. You know. Your parents must have been proud, though, you know. Hey, you're back in the black man. what? <laughs> <laughs> now you're somebody. Were you yeah. in Black Men United, too? Or yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was, yes, he was. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah. Although, I just remember the most amazing time I had with, with that. It's like we were actually doing the um, session, and right before we actually taped everything, there was, this, there was another room that was happening, and... um D'Angelo was in there, and it's like everybody's playing this stuff, and we heard shit that motherfucker. Ooh. He played that, and everybody just went crazy. He was playing the, all of it was just like amazing. Mm -hmm. We all just went crazy, like what? Who is this dude? Archer, what? What's <laughs> amazing? Yeah, just yeah, That's we so all dope, yeah, man. yeah, it was really dope. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I always forget that that was like before D'Angelo was D'Angelo. Yeah. 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 It was like a couple songs on the, the sampler tape for a second. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what what it, what will the rest of 2018 look like for you and your plans for 2019? Oh, man. Just God will. Yeah. <laughs> for all hey, of us. Hey, yeah. Yeah. hey. You know, <laughs> just really uh, trying to push you on know, what I'm doing with this uh, introducing Stokely, just my... Um, uh, my journey, you know, everything I've learned up into now. Like I said, I got a couple more gears I want to talk about different projects, you know, um, uh, that I got in my mind. I would like to say like a jazz project, something like that, something African inspired, inspired um, more of this kind of journey more now, just, you know, pop, you know, R&B sensibility, whatever you want to call it. I don't even want to get into labels because uh, however it comes out, man, but definitely more of this. I think it's... Um, it's a lane that's missed. Like I say, I I see it as a hybrid because I'm like I feel like I'm I love analog and I love digital. I love you know uh, technology, mm -hmm. but I'm rooted in you know the past. So I think meshing both of those worlds together that's what pretty much uh, introducing Stokely. I've got a lot of that energy in there, you know. So definitely, I mean, more touring and just kind of creating awareness. So that's what I'm here. Just save a baritone you know? join for me. That's all. <laughs> yeah, I'm, and that too. Yeah, absolutely. I was serious about that. Man. We got. So yes. I probably might be calling you, man. So, I know. Uh, I, I I spun that playing your game, baby thing already. 
Yeah, it <laughs> works. Yo, not to uh, be the, 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 to ask the female questions here, but since it's not really asked too much, Stokely, what's your situation? My situation? Yeah, like, are you married? You got some babies? Oh, yeah. Free oh, hey, what's, 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 what's oh, I took it off to play them cones out there. Oh, there you took, yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh. All right. You put the ring on. Yeah. And how long have you been? The, the uh, about ten, nine. Be careful. Yeah. Yeah. And Fonte, you know the Love question you. that I don't have to ask Stokely. What's <laughs> Is it a sister? Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I, yes. yes. Okay. Yes. What? Yeah, I got some babies. Like, okay. 15, yeah, so 15 going to like it. Listen. I'm sorry. Let's just, we need to know She's the facts. She's from D.C. What? She's a Howard baby. What? Yeah. I am... Shut it down. I'm done. Wait, why are you vicariously celebrating this? Because right. not only is, is she a OJ sister, brand. she's like a sister. She from DC <laughs> and she like, y'all think I'm black? Like she black. Uh, why is that so? Like, you haven't met her yet. No, I don't need to meet her. He gave me facts. <laughs> she's married to Stokely. <laughs> she went to Howard <laughs> and she's from DC. We were raised, and she's of a certain age. We were raised to March. We made Martin Luther King Day a holiday. We fought against the Laia. apartheid. We Laia, did Laia, things. Laia, please just let people have their miscegenation in peace and you're you're touring currently right yes, now yes 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 uh, doing doing a lot of that you know weekends you know weekend warrior i'm a chauffeur in the okay. weekday Okay. The kids. And well, we so. thank you for coming on Quest Love Supreme. Uh, thank you for having me. Dreams real. Yes. Thank it's you. It's a for great show, by the way, man. Congrats, all oh, y'all. Yeah, I, I listened to you. It's great to put the faces, with thank the you. voices. Yeah, you ain't never listened to our show with your whole motivation. Yeah, man. We appreciate From it. From one whole remodel to another. A, yes. yes. I hope it's those countertops go right in. Yes. Uh, I hope so. Granite you know. or no granite. Yeah. Yes. 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 For our listeners out there, both Fonte and and Stokely and Bill. Yeah, oh, yeah. Boston, unpaid bill, yeah. And uh, sort of me, we're, we're dealing with uh, uh, domestic home situations with our countertops and bathrooms and Floor. tiles. Let me, and, let me know when it's time you, to pick that back You live in L.A., Stokely? Where you live? Uh, I'm in the middle of America. I'm in St. Paul, man. Oh, good. You stayed stay home. Ladies and gentlemen, we thank you very much. This is another episode of Quest Love Supreme. On behalf of Team Supreme and It's Like You. Thank you, Stokely. I will see you on the next go-round. Quest Love Supreme is a production of iHeartRadio. This classic episode was produced by the team at Pandora. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.